What's happening, everyone? Whoa. Oh, the second song jumped right in. <laughs> Welcome to our Friday night live stream. This is the Paranormies. I am your host, Johnny Monoxide, alongside Grognak. What's up, buddy? What's going on? Not much. They, uh, I thought I turned autoplay off there, but I guess I guess it didn't. Uh, joining us this evening for our Friday night live stream is Lucius Aurelian from um, Channel of the Same Name. What's up, man? Not too much. How are you doing tonight, Johnny? Doing awesome and doing excellent. It's Friday night. It is 8 o'clock. It is prime time. Uh, we are live on Pilled. We're live on DLive, and we are live on Odyssey right now. So this is going to be fun. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about this? Is your first time on our show. Um, did uh, Grognak, Grognak you, you hooked up the emails, correct? Oops, sorry, I was muted. Yeah, I saw um, Lucius. Your videos started popping up in my uh, YouTube, you know, recommended stuff for a well, while, and comforting to hear that the recommended file works. <laughs> Dude, that's good, right? Isn't it? Because usually, like, I'll watch like a John Levy video, and and the last thing it'll do is play another one of his videos, right? It'll go to some like academia level thing that combats mud flood Tartaria stuff. So your channel was really refreshing when I clicked on it to see something that was actually like really cool and like something I could really dig into. So I'm glad you returned our email. Hey, no problem. Glad to be here. Oh yeah, man. It was, um, I love, I, ever since we discovered the world's fairs, the rabbit hole and Tartaria and the mud flood and the old, whatever you want to call it, because there's so many, so many things. And of course the, the uh, umbrella term is Tartaria, but, um, we discovered that, you know, along our along our travels, uh, the different the different different rabbit holes we've been down, and uh, seeing your stuff, seeing your stuff was great. Like like we we done the John Levy Levi, however you say his name, uh, Iwaranon. We did that. Um, um, actually, I'd like to get your thoughts on that later, if you don't mind. Um, do you remember? Do you know who I'm talking about, Iwaranon? Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I'll just ask you to specify exactly what issue you would like me to speak on, but I'll be more than happy to talk about it. <laughs> sure. I, well, yeah, well, I think you can. Well, everybody knows we everybody saw all the amazing videos that he put together. Right. And all that, you know, with the the uh, the music and um, all of the shiny pictures and the very dramatic voice and stuff. And then, um, you know, and everybody fell down the rabbit hole into Tartaria and Flat Earth and all that. And then he and, uh, what's his name, Wood Nichols decided that uh, one cathedral gift shop book was enough for them to turn their backs on everything. Um, I, I don't know. I think, I, I think this is probably like, skipping way ahead in the interview, but um, I, I think we, we the those of us that had gotten into the old world stuff have discovered something that they didn't expect us to really find out. And so they have to dump a whole bunch of crap on top of it. Well, uh, a little bit of insider information, which you're probably seeing is a ploy that has been used in the past many times to discredit people who are trying to do research on their own because if there's one thing that's not approved or appreciated it's people who decide to take the initiative and do their own research so it has oh, to yeah. be discredited and what you're seeing there is one of the classic ploys to do so okay yeah using using um you know an uh astroturfed completely astroturfed he was you know out of nowhere 
uh, with amazing quality videos, right? And was it how many how many how many parts were there? Grognek twenty six parts to one of them, and one of them was like nineteen parts or something like that. It was ridiculous. And they just popped up out of nowhere, and they were awesome. Don't get me wrong, they were awesome. And then come to find out that it was you know ripped off research from a bunch of other people who got really mad about it. <laughs> which I would too. But again, intellectual property doesn't real according to certain groups of people. But Well, it just depends on who you're talking to and <laughs> what time of the day you're talking to them. That's true. <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is true. Um, but yes, so that's kind of like your specialty. Am I correct? This is the, the timelines and the, the different eras of our, our past civilizations and our current civilization and stuff. Is this like your specialty? Am I correct? Well, what I was seeking to do when I started was I was trying to find a way to explain it because there's a lot of wonderful theories out there. And I think that's what's good about having individual researchers who go their own direction. You know, you mentioned John Levi, Michelle Gibson. There's so many others who've piled into it. You know, I mean, I could just list everybody. <laughs> Old World Florida. You know, I mean, it would take oh, yeah, forever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But the, the, the point being is that everybody has a little bit of their own interpretation of it. I think that's great because that shows that people are thinking for themselves and what I was trying to do was find a way to really summarize it and put it in a way that could be seen in a single image that would show you how it may look, while at the same time compensate for all the different timelines and theories and still include all of that. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, this is this on the screen right now is your five eras theory. I think I, I should have, I don't know if I was supposed to put that up now, but um, I think I have you my, put it up whenever. All I, got my, I had my screens flipped. I thought we had the logo up, but yes, so these are your, your five eras theory, the possible timelines, right? Starting, yeah. we want to start with us and go back or you want to start at the beginning and go forward? It's probably easy to start with us and go back because that relates most to people. So okay. we have the fifth era, which we call the contemporary, the present era, and we derisively referred to as the plastic era or the disposable age you know it has so many different names to it but yes. bottom line up front you have the start of our current era and where the timeline divides is trying to figure out exactly when the last reset occurred and there's some schools of thought or some theories that say it happened back in 1750 with the seven years war the french indian war 1756 1763 and then it went on and that's listed right here as the reset war so a hard reset occurred from the fourth era to the fifth era. And whatever that was, was that a plasma storm? Was it a giant flood? Was it both? Was it a number of other events? We've explored it in many videos. What we're looking at is when was the exact year that occurred? Some people suggest it was 1750. Others say it was 1800. And then you go into the New Madrid fault line, other disasters, the Krakatoa eruption and everything else that factors into that. Well, the year without the summer, wrong volcano, but the year without the summer, 1815, 1816. Or some people say 1850 was even when it happened. So the reason mm -hmm. I have three timelines is it breaks down and you see the hard one here. So 1850 mm -hmm. here, 1800 there, 1750 there. And really that's about the only thing we can discern. Once you get before that, it's really just a lot of theory mm -hmm. and you're going off what you see and you're trying to put together theories and different pieces of information based on observations. But that's the main nexus point to it is where the timelines break down, the last reset, and then when did the reset war start? which led into the setup for our current contemporary era. Well, that's, that's cool. Yes. I've very much, uh, I didn't, never heard the 1750 part, but I know the 1800 to 1850 was like the reset. And then all the massive amounts of, of, um, inheriting and taking things back and, or, or clean up the massive cleanup missions that were going on. I hadn't heard about it going back to 1750 though. Um, 
I mean, that could, that makes sense. I mean, the, the 1800s in general are just a mess. So, well, yeah. And, and you don't know for sure. And, you know, you could mm-hmm. be absolutely right. And I think it actually was John Levi who suggested it first. At least I heard it first from him about the possibility of the seven years war, this massive conflict that occurred in Europe. And then it included the French Indian war, which the book last of Mohicans was based on and mm-hmm. occurred. And that was really world war zero. That was kind of the start of the reset conflict, if you will. Okay, so apparently, sorry to interrupt with this, but apparently we are echoing on the stream. I don't know what that means. And it's not happening to anybody here, but it's on all three streams. Hmm. <sighs> echo? I don't, yeah, I might have to stop the stream and start it over again and then just have to splice the video together. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love technology. Isn't it great? It's wonderful. All right, so we're gonna, we are going to stop the stream, restart the stream, and it'll all... I don't know if Pilled will come back up because Pilled is ske- a scheduled stream. So I don't know how that will work. But I know when we start streaming with the other ones, it'll pop back up. So we're going to stop streaming and start streaming, guys. We'll see what happens. All right, I stopped the streaming. I'm going to give it a few seconds. <laughs> this is great. This is great. Oh, man. All right, one more time. And start streaming. Okay, let's go over to Odyssey and see if the stream restarted. Okay, we re... All right, I hope everything works, but we're just going to continue on as if it just, you know, as if everything works. All right. All right. So, um, yes, yeah, so you said John John Levy was the one who, who first maybe suggested that? the first one i heard it from and it makes a lot of sense because you have a string of worldwide conflicts that really start at that point and one of the things i looked into was all the worldwide conflicts that were still going into 1850 to 1870 a lot of people aren't aware that there's a major conflict in every significant populated continent at least what we know as populated continents mm-hmm. that was occurring from 1850 to 1870 so it's clear there was conflict going on all across the land Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got so many wars everywhere. There's all we went from you know just little skirmishes here and there between uh, little kingdoms to massive wars worldwide. That was crazy. And the funny part about those wars, you know what I noticed? Like no matter which which two teams were playing, they both kind of wore the same uniforms every war. <laughs> well, that was something I observed in. Uh all the wars going on from 1850 to 1870. And, you know, the center conflict of that's always the United States civil war. But then you look and you see that most of the union and Confederate army, they've got people who came in from all of the nations. Basically all of Europe was represented on both sides. Right. right. So, and then you look at the other conflicts, you look at all the interventions in China, you look at the Chinese civil war, you look at the Caucasian war that supposedly was going on in Russia for a hundred years. There's just all kinds of conflict going on at the same time. And yet the depictions you get from it, there's something oddly similar in every single depiction, every painting, because that's all we have to go off of with most of those. Right. There's so many, yeah, it's paintings. There's no photographs. But there's what's weird is there's uh, photographs. Sometimes there's photographs where we didn't have photographs, right? I mean, yeah, I don't the know. Crimean War, that's a fun one. <laughs> the, the, the Crimean, yeah. That's one that not a lot of people talk about. I've seen... Um, uh, I've seen old scary world stuff on Kyrgyzstan, which is kind of out that way, right? Isn't Kyrgyzstan near Crimea? I don't know. Yeah, it's 
it's a little further east, but yeah, it's in okay. the vicinity. I mean, really, you're probably talking about the same region anyway, and it's yeah. reported as a different conflict, you know? That's what I'm saying. It's it, it's all the same area, and they all have the same, the same stuff going on. And good Lord, did Crimea get wiped out? <sighs> well, no, none of the images you look at make any sense with it with what's mm. reported to be happening either. And then it's the same problem when you look at the U.S. Civil War photos. You know, you never see any actual combat. But well, we, we just couldn't do that at that time. But we can take a picture of an army doing a passing review, which is where they march past a reviewing stand, and it looks okay. But sorry, can't get you any combat photos. I sure. Just, I mean, there was, yeah, there were pictures of things moving water and boats and things and animals and nothing happened with that. But just, but, but just when we want to photograph combat, which you would think being the advent of, of, of photography, you know, was starting to get big that they would want to take as many combat photos as possible. Just look at the amount of action shots you see nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Like imagine the battle of bull run. Right. Except, except, you know, now we don't have to imagine because there was pictures, Well, there should have been pictures and there's not. <laughs> well, and, and it's even more confusing when you have accounts that there were all these well-to-do high society people from Washington, D.C. that moseyed on out there, got up on the ridge and watched the whole thing unfold. But they couldn't get a picture, you know, and, th- and there's numerous other battles where there were people who went out to go have lunch while they watched the war. But nobody got a picture of it. Yeah, that's weird. And of course, you know, you could go watch the war back then because it was like a spectator sport, right? Until, well, wait a second. How was it still a spectator sport? I thought Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger made it so that we fought differently now because we hide behind trees and stuff. It wasn't a, it wasn't <laughs> more spectator. <laughs> What's that? Don't get started with that one. <laughs> oh, the revolutionary war? Yeah. I dude, I got into it. I got into it with somebody at work, I didn't really get into it, but I, I, I had to stop and just like kind of giggle a little bit to myself and walk away. But um, I told him, I was like, do you honestly think that, you know, some scrappy pilgrims and their muskets and some engines really took out the world's largest empire? Just beat them off and sent them, sent, just beat them and sent them back, sent them packing, you know, with, with the just hiding behind trees and doing some guerrilla warfare. And he was like, oh, absolutely. It ch- absolutely changed the entire uh, face of war. I was like, all right, I can't talk to you anymore. We're, I, this conversation is officially your, here comes the programming. Like, well, well, you know those are the don't tread on me guys, right? <laughs> those are the don't tread on me guys who are like, it only takes 15% of the population, man. Yeah. For a revolution, man. It only right. Took 15%. <laughs> Where's that 15% now? <laughs> well, every time I see those 15, the guys with the three, the three percenters, right? The threepers, the guys that are the oath keepers over my dead, but out of my cold, dead hands. They're the first ones to be like, here you go, officer. I'm sorry. Let me get down on my knees. Here's my gun, officer. Thank you very much, officer. See that thin blue line in the back of my car, officer? That's right. There's three more ARs in the back of my truck. You know what I mean? Like, they're the first ones to give up their guns. Meanwhile, you know, they're, they're so, they're so tough with their tactical, with their tactical rails and multiple lights and I don't know, whatever they hang on their guns. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's always a light on it. You know, it's, it's kind of the fad that's gone on with uh, the worldwide military since 21st century. (laughs) Right. Uh, A friend of mine and I, uh, we made, we made a video a while back making fun of, uh, AR guys. And uh-huh. we had uh, one guy had his AR was all tricked out where like, you know, it, you push the button and like turn signals would pop out. Like, you know, like, <laughs> it was obviously a, a TikTok joke, but yeah, it was <laughs> the things guys will do. You know, gun guys are just as bad as car guys to a point. 
Except well, you know, some people, you take your interest and then it becomes an entire lifestyle and you have to be careful. You know, it's the same thing with alternative research. Oh, know? absolutely. But I don't think, yeah. I, I don't know. I think car guys still want to have sex with their car. They would if it was a woman. But yeah. gun guys, that's just weird. So, <laughs> Anyways, uh, back to Tartaria. Well, in full, yes. In, in full disclosure, I, w- I was a bit of a car guy, but, you know, I can walk away from it. You know, and I'm not totally obsessed with it all the time. Oh, no, I, I was too, dude. I grew up I grew up racing Volkswagens and Audis and stuff. That's how I came up. And uh, we used to get like a, we'd get like an, like an 85 Scirocco and rip everything out of it and make it a little little rocket. But yeah, now, no, no, I'm talking about the car guys that like, you know, if you touch their car, they got to get out there and buff it. And like, you know, they're worse than lawn guys. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Those guys. Yes. But all right. So you say alternative research can be like this. It is absolutely true because I've gone down some rabbit holes that I like, I have lost days researching and you're like, whoa, is it Thursday? They're like, no, dude, it's like September. Like, oh shit. You know, yes. So it, it can you can you can do too much research too. Sometimes you gotta go outside. Yeah, well that's why I think it's important to have a baseline theory that you can always go back to and then modify it as you go because it gives you some goals as you're going forward and you're looking mm. back and it grounds you. Now I'm not saying you should let it ground you to where you disconsider or you don't consider something that makes a lot of sense, but it helps you continue to move forward. Oh, for sure. Sure. So um, now we have this sort of concrete line going on where we can definitely tell where there's a division in history, right? The reset, I guess, is what we, we colloquially call the reset. I mean, it could be a war. It could be a cataclysm of some sort. Uh, something happened, right? Um, now, a lot of indication of it just in how things were dropped and then picked up. And then the way things overlap at certain times, it's just too difficult to ignore. Mm-hmm. And the history is too convoluted. Like we have so much, so detailed history, uh, like before of some eras, right? And then we get to the 1800s and it's just like, yeah, sort of this happened. We don't really know. I mean, even though we had way more means of documenting it, we just didn't. <laughs> you know, I, Here's a I wood carving. Say, like the baby steps for me into this, uh, viewing history, realizing that people in the past you know, they weren't all using candles and, 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 and whale oil lamps. Um, they had technology at one point and then they lost it. And if you look back in time, it seems to be a recurring thing. They had technology sometimes to a point where they built, you know, structures that we can't build today. And then they lost it. So there's obviously something that happens, right? Well, and what you see, uh, some of the response you get, like I've noticed to some of the videos, whether they're my own or others, is some people will just do such unbelievable intellectual cheetah flips to not acknowledge that simple observation that you just mentioned. Mm. Well, they had the ability. They just they worked harder. There was no government regulations. That's how you explain all this away. I mean, I'm <laughs> serious. They, they stick to it, and you hear it every time. Yes. You don't know how many times that we've heard. You're talking about Tartar. This is my favorite one. You're <laughs> you're denigrating the achievements of Europeans. I'm like, bro, bro okay. Where there were no Europeans, there were no Europeans in the Philippines. Okay, last time I checked, in the 18, I mean, the only the only Europeans that were there were the Spaniards. They were like, the, you know, they handed over the Philippines to the United States for some reason, and for some reason, there's a you know granite and marble. Uh, Supreme Court building that looks just like ours. 
you know, <laughs> and and you know, it was it was it was it, uh, the white achievement that that built the uh, the city in the middle of the jungle in Brazil that has no roads going to it, like, you know, or what about the what, what about the uh, all the no? It's just it just makes me mad because it's like oh no, you're you're shitting on the achievements of our ancestors. I'm like, which is funny because, and I'll, I'll confide you guys, if you didn't pick up on it, watching any of the videos, I used to be a history professor at a university. And where were all these people who were defending these history lessons before? Oh, right. they were nowhere to be seen. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. But now, you know, now, you know, when you, when you say things, you're, you're well, that's, that can't possibly be true. No, of course it was, it was f- the four generations of peasants when they weren't working the fields, just built this ridiculous gothic cathedral with their hands and spit and gumption. Well, and you, and you mentioned that, and that's why it really stands out in the United States, because you've got the compressed timeline. You've got mm-hmm. all these different immigrant groups coming from not just Europe, but all over the world speaking divergent languages, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But somehow they all managed to work together. They all managed to transpose the architectural and construction knowledge they had. Correct. And then pull off all these unbelievable edifices. And like the very first building I explored on the channel, there's nothing like it anywhere in, in Europe. There's no five dome capital in Europe. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't pass the scrutiny test unless you just want to bury your head in the sand, which I know a lot of people do. It's the path of least resistance. It really, it, which is funny because, you know, it's the ground's kind of hard. Um, <laughs> but, um, you have you have people that do this and they just bury their head in the sand when they look at things like okay the Ames Monument that's one that Dogbot one of one of our buddies here he's he's like Ames Monument explain that shit and they just they they point to the brass plaque and they go it says right here this is made in memory of the Ames brothers memorial of the Ames brothers when they finished the the, the transcontinental railroad I'm like that I don't care Wyoming what, right in, yeah yep. in Wyoming and there's no railroad in Wyoming like stop. Okay, like that's not, and again, you know, the whole like when you memorialize a railroad magnet, you 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 know, the first thing I think of is, oh yes, obviously a pyramid. Like, <laughs> well, of course, right. it, it's not a real monument unless it's a pyramid or a column or it's got some reference right. to Roman gods or goddesses or, on it, sort of like uh, the soldiers and sailors monuments you see everywhere. It's about the civil <laughs> war, but we've got Roman gods and goddesses. Right, so weird, <laughs> and uh, and if and if a president dies. Good Lord, man, you should memorialize the president, like especially the big famous ones like James K. Polk in <laughs> in the most in the most beautiful mausoleum looking tombs. We should entomb these people, right? Like if you, James you, A. Garfield's the one that I like the most. Oh, is it Garfield? <laughs> is Garfield yep. the ridiculous one? I'm sorry. I, I, no, I, it's okay. It's a, yeah, it's uh, right by Cleveland because uh, when I did the Cleveland video, I got a lot of blowback from that too. I'm oh, like, okay. We've got money. We've got people here who would. Uh, we took a collection. Like, oh, you were there. You actually witnessed this. This happened in the 1870s. Cool. How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny. Like. When people tell you, like, yeah, no, Chattanooga has a whole other city underneath it. And they're like, yeah, of course. You know, we just had, they built it because it was flooding. Like, that's because as you do, you know, you just build a city on top of the city when it's flooding. Like, uh. <laughs> and the, people, the amount of, like, and they look at you like you're stupid for not just going, oh, okay. No, you're, you're right. You know, don't don't you wish people lived to be, like, 200 years old instead so they had to like 
look back a little further. They had to. They didn't have a choice, you know, once you get older. I don't think I want any of these people to live to be 200. Like, the human the human species is just like, it has such a bad memory. It can't even pass on any knowledge from one generation to the other, like, correctly. Oh, that's, I mean, that's been that's been taken for a long time. What was it, the, the um, who was it, Solon? The story of Solon, right? Talking to... Am I getting the names wrong? But it's like some one of Plato's things. Oh, all that bullshit. That, but still, how old is that? Like you don't have any memories of how old you are, and blah blah blah. That's the, whether that's bullshit or not. That's that's you know out there in the zeitgeist that we don't have any memories and haven't forever. Here's a creepy thought, huh? Do you do you do you guys remember a time before the internet? No, you might remember a time before like a PC was in your house when you can go on the internet, but it's like the internet was always there. Right? No, dude, I it's kind of a creepy bro, thought. I'm, no, I'm 50. No, I absolutely remember the time before the internet. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I can remember. I mean, you just had the old Apple II or the Apple III, and there was no internet. You know, you had yeah. your little text-based game if you were lucky, and you dinked around on it. That's all it would do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you were good enough to program your own little games. Yep, that that was about all. That's all you did. You know, I had a couple like, of, up, down, or left, or right. <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple of Texas Instrument uh, little Radio Shack computers before I got an Apple. That's how that's how old my computer stuff is. That's yeah. I remember Pong, dude. So, oh yeah, Atari twenty six hundred. Yep. We used to play. We used to play Yars Revenge before uh, the bus would come at my buddy's house (laughs) in the mornings. In the mornings, yeah, that's like childhood memories. Playing, playing Pitfall and Yars Revenge on the twenty six hundred at Michael Mori's house. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those nice sound effects and everything. Oh yeah, man. But those are. It's a good point you bring up though about the conscious memory of some people Mm -hmm. because. Let's say you're a little younger, you're 30, 35 to 40. For you, it gets really blended, though, because you might remember consciously back to the 90s. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing websites at the end of basketball games, the NCAA tournament. The Internet, it's always been there. Right. And I could see how somebody could think that very easily and why that would be their only perception. Oh, sure. Well, actually, I'm not, I'm, I guess I should have outlined how esoteric I meant this comment. What if the – what if – you know, you and I didn't have access to the internet, but it was always still somewhere underground. And every time these cataclysms occur, it stays online. It's just not active hmm. above us. I've often thought that this 1800s war, which we had, um, I'm sure you're familiar with Flat Earth British with Martin Leakey. Oh, yeah. We had him on and he talked about the idea that this war was actually done. This civil war was between the the people above ground and the people below ground, hmm. which is well, an interesting an theory. Yeah. And I think there, there's a lot to that because what I suggested is what you had happening during what I called the reset war is there were these enclaves and really they were groups of survivors from the last civilization who were not going to go along with the natural order, as they called it of the fifth era civilization. So they went around to exterminate them and it took a long time. It was not easy. And, th- and that makes a lot of sense, like, as you mentioned earlier, how there's no real co- um, there's no real photography of conflict between the North and South for the Civil War. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that the Revolutionary War was just as fake as the January 6th protest in Washington. But or may- maybe, uh, maybe a little more extreme. But, I mean, at the same time, um, it seems that the, the real gravy is kind of hidden from us, you know? Well, Nate, the, real, the other thing the is... Real if you've ever, yeah. 
if you've ever, if you've participated in a modern conflict, which I had some connections with, what you see on the ground is night and day different than what gets reported to everybody else. What's really happening right in front of you is completely different than what's getting reported to everybody else. And this is 21st century. This is just in the last few years I'm talking about. It's amazing. And people don't even question it. Oh, yeah. That's what we were doing in Iraq all that time. We were going to establish a stable democracy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. People buy that stuff. Like, they thought that's what it was going to be. Oh, good Lord. There are actual, there are actual people who believe that. Like, I mean, um, who is the the war hawk with the mustache? John, the hell was his name? Oh, the uh, national security advisor? Yeah. uh, Yeah, name is escaping me right now, too. Kind of an older guy, hair parted in the middle, kind of like, you know, like, look like a professor. Always Matt. Yeah, had the glasses. Yes, yes. He has the map of Iraq tattooed on his chest, basically, right? Iran. (laughs) Iran. I'm sorry, not Iraq, Iran. He's always saber rattling for Iran. Like, that guy, I think that guy believes all the stuff that they say. There's a few people that that are actually real and not actors. They might not be. I am a am very close to being a firm believer in that all politicians are actors, um, like a hundred percent. Like there are no real politicians; it's just Hollywood for ugly people. Literally. Well, I mean, if you, I'm not going to suggest one way or the other, but if you think about where the predominance of them come from, they come from the legal system. Oh yeah, and the whole principle of the legal system is it is a presentation mm-hmm. where two cases are argued ostensibly. But then everything is resolved very quietly behind closed doors. And then at the end of it, what do they do? They all shake hands and they're all buddy-buddy. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's always funny to see. It's it's always funny to see, um, you know, when you you see the, the, the DA and your defense attorney going out to lunch together. You're like, what the hell? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that always makes you feel good. That always makes you feel good when you're going in. I got, I got a DUI in California a long time ago. And... Uh, I had, you know, you get a, you get a, you get a public defender because it's a DUI. There's no getting out of that. You're like, you're paying, you're paying the stupid fine. You blew the thing. You're paying the fine. You're getting the, you're, you know, you're getting the penalties, right? So you get a public defender and on the way out, the public defender and the DA are like making plans to go to lunch. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I was like, that that is a real thing. It's just like wrestling. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why wrestling's gotten so bad in the 21st century too. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We yeah. can't keep that going. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it's not fake. None of those are fake. Like wrestling isn't fake. Like legal system isn't fake. It's scripted, but it's not fake. Like Right. Well, that and that's that's the clear point to delineate for people is mm-hmm. you no, know, they they're really out there and they're doing something and there's something happening, there's a function occurring, but the sure. meaning of it is entirely different. Exactly. Like we are our motto at the Paranormies is everything is fake and gay. Like, you know, <laughs> listen, your choices are fake and gay and you must choose to, you know, like that's, <sighs> and if, I mean, it sounds bad because like, oh, you're not supposed to say gay anymore. But like, I don't mean, I do mean that actually. I mean, gay, like, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't care anymore. I'm at the point now where like, like everything we do, we get, we get called names for it and uh, names don't mean anything to me anymore. So. No, well, it's. I think what you what we really mean is it's humiliation. It's, mm-hmm. it's either fake mm-hmm. or it's a humiliation ritual for people to go. Sure. Like if you believe what's told to you in the news, then you're. It's absolutely that's humiliating. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Can't can't deny it. <laughs> John Brennan is the guy. I think what it was. Is it John Brennan? No, I don't think it was him. 
No, it, it's escaping me. I it's mean, like yeah, Roberts or something I, like that. It's Roberts or something. I don't know. Yeah, as soon as, soon as I broke, I flushed all those names from my brain because I didn't need to remember them anymore. Wow. We, <laughs> well, we do. <laughs> We do a uh, a shit posty news show uh, once a week called the Nationalist Inquirer, where we make fun of all the fake news, and um, not all of it. Like we we find the the really really ridiculous stuff, you know, that they put in in the mainstream public stuff, you know, pill guy. Um, and so like I get I get stuck knowing some of these people still. So I was like, I'm having a good time laughing at some of the stuff. Like I find, I find Joe Biden hilarious. You know, I mean, as pathetic as all the, you know, that, that thing is, it's, I find it funny. It's a funny TV show, you know, like John, Fe- the John Fetterman saga is hilarious. You know, I don't, <laughs> it's just, it's funny to me because they're, I mean, like they showed us all this stuff back in Idiocracy and other, you know, and other fine Hollywood films where they were, you know, what they were going to do to us in 20, 30 years. And here we go. We have a guy who's had a literal stroke as a state senator who has just as much power as, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's ridiculous, you know, so we immerse ourselves. I I immerse myself in this Tartaria type stuff because of that. (laughs) We're becoming absurdists. You're looking for something real or something that may be real or something mm-hmm. that has something genuine to it. That's what it all comes down to. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because this stuff that we that we see every day is absolutely fake. Like you can, you know, like they, sh- they show you with like the stages where they're filming, <clears throat> where they're filming the press conferences with the president and whatever. And it's obviously on a soundstage and this is a soundstage and you can see the videos where there's four or five different white houses and four or five different places in the United States where they could be filming from. So like, you know, obviously that's fake. So anybody who believes in that kind of stuff, it's just like ridiculous to me that those people exist. But then again, the NPC meme is not a meme. Well, it comes down to people who are in a pattern mm-hmm. and you can tell it's a recursion pattern. It's mm-hmm. doing the same thing over and over and over again mm-hmm. and they can't see it any other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get stuck and it's, um, I hate to keep using media, but it's like, you know, the, like the Lego movie, right? Did you ever see the Lego movie? I thought it was uh, Yes. That yes, is I'm annoying. Everything as is the music. awesome. No, it's not. No. <laughs> Right, but that's the thing. That's the thing. That's that's uh, the mindset that they got. That they get everybody into that, and everybody's doing the thing, and everybody's everybody's following the instructions, and you know everybody uses their warranty so they don't have to learn how things work. You know, um, nobody has no right. Nobody has to learn how things work anymore. They just replace it under warranty. It's disposable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Though my favorite commercial from when I was living in California was uh, "Don't like your car, get a new one. Don't like your job, get a new one. Don't like your spouse, get a new one." It's like, whoa, the ultimate disposable society commercial. Uh, yeah. And then pay a dollar sixty to two dollars a gallon for state gas tax. Yeah, I love California too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I lived in the Bay Area for I lived in the Bay Area for a long time. Uh, memories. But uh, th- that place, boy, woof. That you can talk about a Tartarian city in ruins. Uh the entire Bay Area is just Tartarian, I mean, like old world buildings and the Coliseum, the, you know, the original Coliseum over in Oakland. Yep. Uh, yep. All that stuff. It's amazing. You know, I'm and, amazed at all the residential areas that have held up all the years. Too. Yes. I mean, they're still the same ones that you can see in that original panoramic photo. Yep. They're still the same ones. Yep. Up on Divisadero. I worked in some of those houses, actually. Uh, 330 Seacliff is a very famous house. It's actually so famous. You can't look at it on Zillow. 
Um, <laughs> it's, it's so exciting. shocking. Yeah, I, well, it's the it's the house that has the spiral staircase from the spiral staircase scene in Basic Instinct. They filmed it there. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's literally across the street from uh, Robin Williams' house. So uh, when I first started working in San Francisco, there was a remodel being done in that house, and I got to work in that house for like two months. It was pretty cool. And that house is definitely it's like the Cliff House. It's it's another another one of those. How was this house built? You know, on this precipice. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like half of it's hanging over the cliff. <laughs> and this is just Yosemite Sam and the other gold miners just, you know, on their way out there after fighting, after fighting off engines and, you know, and Buffalo and wildcats and, and, um, you know, making it through all the, you know, not dying of dysentery. I, mean, I played Oregon trail. You know, I played Oregon trail. You can die of dysentery a lot. Terry was a well, you didn't. You, you didn't take into account that Yosemite Sam was a trained architect and a stonemason. Right. That, I had no idea. Things. Well, I mean, him being Jewish, you know, I mean, that's, that's, there you go. Like, they were obviously masters of all trades, those, you know, crafty. Because I found out that Yosemite Sam is actually, is, is actually uh, Jewish. They, they did a thing on him a while back. I was like, that makes sense. His name is Samuel some, Gold something. I was like, that makes, I don't know. It was rooting his tootinist. Okay, well, we probably don't want to ask about Elmer Fudd then. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Elmer Fudd's probably your old stock, like Midwestern white guy. You know what I mean? I think you're, Elmer Fudd. You'll find out some secret about it. Yeah, I think Elmer Fudd's from like Ohio. You know what I mean? Or like, or like Wisconsin, maybe. Yeah, I feel, I feel like, I feel like that's that's the thing. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, dude, everything in the Bay Area is Tartaria. Everything, like, and then all the way down California. And all the way up through Seattle and Portland, or the other way, Portland and Seattle, but the entire West Coast was some sort of, uh, you know, civilized, civil. Excuse me, civilization at one point that had had a lot of had a lot of people. I mean, well, and you see it along every same line of longitude as you keep going west, mm -hmm. and it defies the explanation you're given from the mainstream historical account. Like, wait a minute. How the hell did they throw up all these buildings so quickly? Like, for example, the capital of Wisconsin was actually in Iowa originally. They say this. <laughs> they say this. The original capital of Wisconsin was in Iowa. They say this. And they moved like, it. Wait a minute. What? Burlington, Iowa? No way. That's way down the Mississippi. That's not even close to Wisconsin. Would they have internet back then? <laughs> right. The one that gets me, what is it? Oklahoma? It was founded by cowboys and cattle cattle herders, right? Cattle Cattlemen. And uh, there's their city hall or their their state house is like a three story building with with a two story dome on top of that, so it's like a five makes it five stories because cowboys just you know five story domes. We well, can't have a state capital unless you have a dome on it. You know, or or yeah, like Florida. Dude, I'm <laughs> I'm from Connecticut, and downtown Hartford has some amazing old world stuff like. Trinity College and that, mm -hmm. the bridge down there and then of course the the the, the state building Hartford State Building it's it's ridiculous that 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 gold dome and I got the tall thin gold one yeah I yep. say that's uh, the about the only one that I would say compares to uh, the one in Iowa mm. just by its how it looks how well it's decorated on the inside and everything mm -hmm. somebody preserves something there Oh yeah. I remember going there when I was, oh man, what was I 19 
it was the first time I had my license suspended for speeding too many times. And I was getting my license back and I had to go down there and I was like nine, 19 and a half, maybe 20. And I was looking around and I was like, this building is freaking huge. I was like, as small as Connecticut is, why do they need this this building? I'm, you know, this is 30 years ago almost, right? I'm seven flights of stairs, you know, a spiral staircase up that huge dome tower. <laughs> Even back then, I was like, this is something, something off about this. Well, and that's the, the story you see repeated in every old world state capital that survived, and quite a few of them have, amazingly mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. All of them, pretty much. I don't know if any of them are... Well, they've they've changed a few of them. Or no, that's Oregon, city halls. New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. There are definite exceptions. New Mexico is a very depressing one because they had a really nice one. <laughs> yeah, and they took it down. They made a. They, they did a. Is it brutalist now or something? I think it's even worse. It's basically this really. It's really lame rotunda. I hate to use that word, but it's pretty lame. You know, compared to what they used to have. <laughs> oh yeah, you know they, they had the usual fires. There's always those specific fires. Just, you know. I still, I know a long time ago, John Levi said that he would really like somebody to look into the fires and Howdy McCoskey, when when he's like, somebody really needs to look into the fires. And I've, you know, we've all talked about, I really want to look into these fires because so many fires, every major city, every minor city. Well, I did did a video on it. I did did a a video on Power of Fire and guess what happened to that video? I'm sure you can guess. uh, How many strikes? (laughs) <laughs> I managed to escape it, but it got the, uh, how, how do I say this? Reaching the smaller audience because nobody oh. cared about fire. By the way, did I tell you, I mentioned, I, I released this video right when something was happening in a certain state. Guess what? Mm, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that whole, that whole thing. Yeah. Are you a, are you a Jewish space lasers guy or are you a professional arsonist guy? What- <laughs> What's your what's your take on what's your take on what's your take on my former favorite place to go scuba diving? Uh, <laughs> it's probably a little bit of both. And I know that's kind of an odd answer, but I think there are aspects to it that are very well planned out and mm-hmm. they have it on a different timeline. Mm-hmm. Because what you see is the destruction can be very specific at times, a single building. Or you can see an entire city or an entire swath of area just completely wiped out overnight. Mm-hmm. And it's not just then. You can go back and you can see it all the way to the mid-19th century. And I pointed that out in this video. And so, yeah, of course it reached the smaller audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am surprised and- I didn't get a strike for it. But, oh, well. <laughs> well yeah. We, well, we, we did a um, long time ago, we did a series on the Holocaust and found out why that's a mistake. <laughs> um, I mean, look, at this point... I mean, at this point, if you haven't heard about it, I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, we got we got banned off of YouTube for it, because <laughs> um, apparently, apparently, um, only guys like uh, what's his name, David. Who's the guy? David Ike. Not David Ike. Uh, he's a guy who wrote a book about he wrote a book about Auschwitz, and then he recanted all of his stuff. David Cole Stein. David oh. Cole Stein. Yes, only if you're David Colstein can you keep all of your videos up, and you got to recant. If you make if you make too many if you make too many Holocaust didn't happen ish videos, you have to recant them kind of later on in life. So, <laughs> otherwise, otherwise you get no more. Otherwise, you get no more monetization ever. But anyways, yeah. So we don't do YouTube anymore because of that. <laughs> so I know what it's like. I know what it's like. Um, 
but so fire has been used all throughout history to er erase and change history actually. Uh, and to create it, uh, we've got like, like we said before, like all the great fires of all the cities throughout when, when did those start? I mean, like there's mostly around like 1800, but like those go way back, don't they? Well, you can find uh, London if you want to go mm. across the sea to 1666. I mean, they're every one. Hamburg in Germany. In what 19- year was that? 1666. A great fire in London. Yep. That's why they had to, they say they had to rebuild. I think it was St. Paul. I'm shooting from the hip here, but. That's the same year Sabotage Evie started his thing. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, who knows? It's probably all the same year anyway. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. That's something like, look, at this point, at this point, like when I found out. When I found out that uh, Robert Maxwell's company owned, or like one of Robert Maxwell's company owns the publishing company that publishes like all or 80% of the school books in the United States for like the past, oh, I don't know, 70 years or whatever. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Well, this sucks. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, everything. Yeah, everything. Okay. So it, it, that's where you have to dig and dig and dig deeper into the past. Like, um, you know, archaics, Jason Brashears from archaics. Yep. Yes. And like he, he talks about, you have to dig into do actual books from before, before, before you can get to like actual history that hasn't been completely corrupted. Well, and it's getting harder and harder to find actual books because mm-hmm. for the last 20 years in the university system, they had what they called surplus book removal. So we don't right. have space for this. You need to get rid of all these books. And now all these books are being stricken, not just from the curriculum, but from the library. Destroy the physical copies. That's what happened to them. They were destroyed. Yes. I had taken a picture of a rack of books that were scheduled for destruction um, for high school. And the top, the whole top row was Critical Thinking 101. How, how ironic. <laughs> Because, of course, yes. And then, uh, then of course, you get the whole, like, you know, 1984 wasn't supposed to be an instruction manual. Yeah. It's gr- yeah, it's kind of always been. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those, it's that It's that meme. It's the meme with the two astronauts, you know? I mean, it always has been. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it, you mean, yeah. I mean, it's always been a script. It always has been. Yeah, it's just been, you know, a lot longer than... It's interesting that they like to play with their toys a lot. You know what I mean? It's like they, because <laughs> they, they kind of let you do what you want for the most part, right? As long as you stay within the lines. Well, and that, that's where it gets really challenging is you're trying to figure out exactly where the lines are. And then you're figuring out which lines are the hard lines and which lines aren't. I mm-hmm. mean, let's be honest. You can do this alternative research and you can do it openly on any medium that you want to. As long as you stay very surface level, mm-hmm. you don't generate theories. You just keep asking more questions and you go in a nice big circle. And right. the bigger circle you go in, the better. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the whole point of what we call, uh, well, we kind of, we kind of call it the same thing that uh, QOC there. Matt calls the graduated animal farm. We've been talking about that for a while, the gatekeeping system, right? You have, you have, some of these quote truthers or whatever that will allow you to go so far with things. And, but that's as far as they'll let you go. And anything further than that, they don't talk about. And anybody that talks about like, that is like Graham Hancock. I think he's out there really just to collect about the 90% who actually asked that question. Yep. Hey, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Yep. Graham Hancock. Oh, okay. Yep, exactly. Show on okay. Exactly. Well, no, he's been on Joe Rogan like 37 times. Oh, pff, okay. Yeah. Validation right there. <laughs> 
Joe who? <laughs> yeah, oh no, it's the thing. It's like you know, Joe. Every, every I'm in I'm in I'm in blue collar. So like everybody knows Joe Rogan, man. That's like because every every blue collar guy you know wants to be wants to be smarter than people think they are. So they listen to a guy who's like the smartest midwit on earth, right? And the only reason, in my opinion, is the only reason Joe Rogan is as smart as he is is because he's got Jamie in his ear telling him what to say. That might be wrong. I might be wrong, but like you know, Jamie's been sitting in that in that booth for twenty years now. So. Well, you know how it goes. You know, mm-hmm. you got, it's a team effort, right? Right. Well, when you, yeah. Well, the hand the handler's got to sit somewhere, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And well, and the other and the thing is, is Joe is puppet size, so you know. Oh gosh. <laughs> I didn't realize he was only like five two, dude. I didn't know that. Like I've seen some more recent pictures of him where he's like standing with like with uh, like Alex Jones and Blair White. Right, and I'm like, "What? Joe Rogan's so small." <laughs> uh, I didn't think so, but anyways, okay, we're di- we're we're digressing. Let's get back to let's get back to the timeline. Um, the last thing we talked about was the reset war, and yep. that area. Okay, so going back before that, you said it gets convoluted. Well, it, it, you can trace a lot of stuff back to the fourth era and that's what on my channel i've called the tartarian era and that's just how i name the civilization that came before ours because i believe that's the civilization we have the most evidence of because there's the most surviving buildings and structures from it so down here in the timeline i'll zoom in a little bit what you've got here is you've got an image from des moines iowa of the state capitol and the soldier and sailors monument right out in front of it and then over here you've got rome with trajan's column and a very similar building and you notice how they almost look exactly alike, even though between these two buildings, officially, there's almost 2,000 years and almost 2,000 years between the columns. I mean, listen, they just really had an appreciation for Roman architecture of that period. <laughs> like, I don't, the amount of copium and like world-class mental gymnastics you have to perform we're talking like we're talking like michael phelps level of olympian mental gymnastics to look at these and be like yep just like it says on the brass plaque well and then that's all people just go off of you know i mean they, they believe the whole thing that yeah there was this archaeologist guy the father of all archaeologists in germany of all places he went to rome and rediscovered all this stuff and then everybody wanted to build it like this all across europe even all the way up in scotland edinburgh they that's needed right. to have their own column and they needed to have their roman looking buildings even though officially we're told that they couldn't stand the romans up there <laughs> sure whatever Hey, oh, yeah. and that statue of Alexander and his horse. Yeah, let's put that right in front of the city hall in Edinburgh. <laughs> that makes sense too. <laughs> it it makes it it doesn't make any sense, and that's why like I don't know. It's it's some sort of magic spell that we've had cast over us as a society or as a people in in general uh, for so long. You know that that we're able to look at this. Like I said, I walked past. I used to skate in downtown, skateboard downtown Hartford. We used to, you know, in all those big, cool buildings, that bridge, the really cool bridge, the big stone bridge. Of course, yes, of of course the settlers made that in 1683 or whatever. Like, what? They had no problem. You know, all, all the stone was there. It was easy to cut. It was easy to haul with, you know, horse and cart. And, right, right. And you just all didn't... hundreds of miles. And who needed a railroad either? That, that's just, you know, that's a that's a luxury. Yep, none of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. How did, how, did they get the, how did they get the stones up? Uh, what is it, 122 feet to the top? 
and across across the river and stuff. Not, you know, you know, hey, horses, man, horses. Speaking of, here's a, here's a good one I'll mention that I did on a, on a recent exploration, and this was another one that uh, quote unquote reached the smaller audience. I did one on railroads. It was probably <laughs> my shortest video ever, and all I talked about was how they changed the rail gauge in the south on 11,000 miles worth of railroad. In other words, they moved one whole track over 11,000 miles and did it in 36 hours. <laughs> they moved 1,100 miles of track in 36 hours. That's amazing. 11,000 oh, miles. Oh, I'm sorry, 11,000 miles in 30 <laughs> in a day and a half. That that is insane. That is I like and, and in fact, you can go on YouTube and you can find the the history guy who's the mainstream you know presenter and I'll dare I'll dare say defender of the mainstream account. He does a pretty nice ten minute presentation of it, and you go down in the comments and everybody's like, "Well, of course they could do it. There was no regulation back then." And I'm just thinking, uh, you know, why don't they just say thirty six minutes or thirty six seconds? You know, why why thirty six hours? Well, it was like you know, it was like the teacher's like five minutes. Like, oh god, C C C C C. And they're, just, they're just writing answers down really quick, and that's the, they came out. How long? Okay, God, how long? Okay, thirty six. Oh, thirty. I, I, okay, I meant thirty six years, but whatever. Just take it, take it hours, whatever. <laughs> Just print it, print it. We don't have time. There's a deadline, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, but you, you can, that's probably one of the most glaring, obvious examples that people will accept exactly what they're told, no matter right. how absurd it may be. Oh yeah. They, they built that building in uh, four months. You know, the state capital in Atlanta, Georgia, four years, no problem. Your money back. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, uh, no blueprints, no, pr- no plans, no, no, nothing. There's no paperwork. They're like NASA. Well, the closest thing you have to uh, plans or bru- blueprints are basically sketch drawings like you have here of this once marvelous building that may have existed. But no, you, you don't have any kind of uh, three perspective plans or anything like that. Nope, just one perspective. That's all you need. Just top down. Well, okay. I thought that was one of the things that that um, one of the guys we mentioned earlier that was obviously an op. Uh, said about Penn Station. Oh, I saw the prints for Penn Station. Now, could there be a possibility that the people from the fourth civilization for the fourth era had prints and somehow they were left in an office somewhere in the building that we inherited? Is that a possibility? Absolutely. Okay. So he but may it seems in fact to be have a remote possibility. <laughs> right. I mean, well, I mean, Okay, so that means this means that so if that's even a possibility, so what is your theory for how these buildings were actually constructed? These amazing feats. Did they have like did they have different kinds of technology for moving stone? Did they have was it the geopolymer technique? What do you what do you really think that they I think it's a combination of more advanced technology and the one thing we never talk about because let's be honest, it's not the most interesting thing to talk or think about. It's the logistics, right? It's the logistics, not just of cutting all this stuff, but moving it. And here's the real indicator that you'll see. And it's when you look into what they called the Renaissance, which was the industrial revolution before the industrial revolution, where all of a sudden people in Europe just got their heads out of their collective asses and decided to start building amazing buildings for reasons. And the Medici's were behind it. Got a great video coming up on it. But anyway, the whole thing about it, though, was. They said that, okay, well, now we're going to encourage learning. We're going to fund it because we're the most powerful family in Europe. And then it's magic. All of a sudden, they're building St. Peter's. Now, they'll admit it took them 100 years to build St. Peter's in the Vatican. 
but it, it shouldn't have even been possible over a thousand or ten thousand years to do it. Oh no, what we did it in a hundred years. So I think to answer your question directly, they had a much more advanced construction process and they had a logistical system based on advanced infrastructure technology that we're really not considering. And that's one of the things I try to depict when I go back to the, the fourth era is more advanced technology, the better infrastructure system dependent on flying devices that we can't even begin to imagine. I mean, we only saw the remnants of the airships, the rigid airships, and they got rid of those as fast as they could. Mm. But imagine if they had something much larger and something much more effective and that they could control and how they could move all this stuff a lot easier, a lot faster, and have the ability to move it dynamically and quickly and get it in position rapidly. Now, what we don't know are the actual construction timelines on these buildings. We're guessing. It right. might have taken them longer than we can imagine. Right. This this timeline could have been, I mean, this period could have been hundreds of years, could have been thousands of years. Who knows? I mean, we have no we have absolutely no idea because all the history has been rewritten so many times for us. That all exactly. we can, I think all, what we do know to go off of though is well, what do we build? What do we see us build? Mm -hmm. And then what do they do to try to make us think they could do it? Well, they do cheap imitations. And my goodness, are they cheap imitations? <laughs> oh boy, they are so bad. Like I said, uh, I work in construction, so I see I see how terrible this stuff is. Like I've built I've built museums, I've and you know, and things that are supposed to be beautiful. They're not. <laughs> They're not. And well, there's like right down the street from the Palace of Fine Arts. And I'm like, that's so pretty. <laughs> you know, and like so um, in the yeah, and the stuff we're looking I'm at. Sorry, is, Johnny. Uh, I'm saying in the stuff that we're building, it's like all modern and so expensive and so you know it's Swedish and this and that. And it's, it's all this you know type of whatever blah blah. And it's so expensive and it's like it looks like shit, and it falls apart in ten years. <sighs> meanwhile, if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. No, meanwhile, yeah. Meanwhile, we have this cement, this you know whatever kind of cement it is that they've made, and these buildings they just don't fall apart for how many ever years. They don't even age. They don't age at all. It's amazing. It's amazing. Mm. But I'm sorry. Yes, what were you going to say, Grognak? Well, I was going to ask. Um, in this era, here, how many of these architectural feats do you, do you think actually had? Um, some kind of significant technological purpose as well is what we call like the antiquitech. Well, I think th there's the two term. component, there's two components to that. And it's clear that they had the ability for different methods of power generation. You know, we all, most of us talk about the atmospheric generation, the classic antiquitech that is able to pull the charge out of the atmosphere, the towers and the apparatus on each of the towers. And there's lots of evidence of that. But there's also other indications that they had more power sources. There was a, a really old video where I did an exploration on Crystal Empire. You might be familiar with the, the large crystal cave down in Mexico. Um, and so it seems yes. as though they had other means of generating power. So the buildings serve that purpose to an extent, but I think the buildings also served another purpose because they seem to be geared towards, this might sound a little out there, but I'm going to say it, individual health. There's something to be said for actually seeing a building that makes you feel pleased on the inside. There's something to be said when you walk in one of these buildings, how it makes you feel on the inside. And I know it sounds a little new age, but you know, if you ever, you go walk in one of these classic state capitals, you don't even think about it. You don't even know it. Somehow when you really look around and you appreciate the beauty and the symmetry and the geometrical precision on the inside, 
it has an internal effect as well. So it's almost as though these structures had a twofold purpose. They did have an energy generation function, but then they were also directed towards the individual. And that's a theory, but that seems to be the consistency I've noticed. Well, that makes, I mean, yes. <laughs> um, I agree with that. Um, Grognak, um, actually we've been going for an hour. Okay. Do you guys want to do Do you guys want to do We usually do a break in an hour. Do you want to do a break? We don't have to. I don't care either way. Uh, we can, we can keep on going. Right, I'm not exactly keep... sure how much time I got, but let's keep rolling. All right, cool. Let's keep going. We usually do two hours. Is that cool? Or is it like, yeah, I think I can make two hours. All right, cool. All right. So, um, let me put this up real quick. Got your, got your Twitter on the screen here. Trying to anyways. There it is. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, was it your, was it where, where in your, your history career did you decide, Oh man, wait a minute, this is wrong. Well, it started when uh, we were talking about the Napoleonic Wars actually, because the specialty I was in at the time was European history. And the big debate we had was over the logistics of the Napoleonic War and how it just didn't make any sense. And it was myself and two other instructors who both had military experience, I might add. And they were talking about how difficult it was in World War II for the entire German army to be deployed on the Eastern Front. And they had roads and they had a lot of motorized transportation. I mean, you'll read conflicting accounts on that, but they still relied on horses and pack animals and so forth. But the challenges that they had with that, and then we're supposed to believe that in the 18th century, he was able to march a large army all around Europe. Prior to the latest agricultural revolutions, they were able to live off the land, forage primarily. And then what we noticed was that when we looked at the latest revisions, I think it was about the 1990s, somebody had gone back and they had changed all the history saying, oh, no, Napoleon had prepared all these large supply bases to go into Russia. Whereas if you read the accounts before that, it said, no, they lived off the land. And then when winter came after they were trapped in Moscow or they stayed in Moscow, they were screwed. Hmm. And it all started with an argument from that. And that was really the big deep dive off the rabbit hole for me. I mean, I'd always had suspicions. I'd, I'll admit I read Graham Hancock's book back in the day and I had some <laughs> questions about things. I was really, really had the, the concept of being a little bit, seeing things a little differently. And then, you know, way back in the day, I even watched In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. And I know that was oh. a, a mainstream generated program. You know, I mean, it, they're all about allowing you to look a little bit at certain times. I think it's their way of giving you some exhaust, but they don't expect you to go far with it. You know, <laughs> you're supposed to rein it in Graham Hancock. Yeah. He, he's a pseudo historian. He's a pseudo archeologist. You know, he's had that word. He's a pseudo pseudo pseudo, right? You don't want to be like him. So forget it. Right. Right. And I, I, I liked, guess, I liked, I liked, uh, in search of, I liked, uh, I liked the Leonard Nimoy shows. Yeah, it was, it was well presented. And, you know, Leonard Nimoy had a lot of credibility just by the way he acted, you know, he kind of gave the, the Spock, the objective logical approach on it. Sure. And so there was a lot of sense behind it. Come to find out he was a screaming libtard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, he would have never known that anyways. Uh, yeah, man, it's, yeah, it's the stuff that they put out there to corral you into those into those um, pens, you know, those um, 
graduated animal farms. You know, they keep you, they, you know, they they'll let you go a little bit further, a little bit further. They'll give you a little bit different feed. Oh, this is organic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that stuff's organic. It's still, it's still produced by Purina though, dude. So. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. And so people just you know, they'll walk right along with it. No yep. worries. No worries. Yeah. It's in like a lot of them also seem to want to herd you into the ancient aliens camp. Oh sure. my gosh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Aliens that, just, that just explains everything, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Now I will give Graham Hancock that one thing. He doesn't ever say aliens. That's his thing. He no, doesn't. he doesn't. I mean, he, he's really like the first step. He's the first step that you can go, but you're right. It's that, uh, you know, Matt says it very well on his channel. It's the one graduated step. And then after that, uh, nope, nope. You're in pseudo land. Stop, stop, stop. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> stop. You don't want to, you don't. Oh, no. Did you just say David Ike? Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And people are like, oh, it's retarded. You know what I mean? That's, they look at you like, bless your heart. I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. No. You're actually the one that's retarded, and not me. And now, like, yeah, and then, yes, and then the whole world is looking at you like you you need to be wrapped up in bubble wrap and taken away to one of those places that Doctor Kirkbride was was building. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because you know officially we don't have those places effectuated that way anymore. But you know mm. now there's other places you can go <laughs> well yeah the, the, the streets of philadelphia <laughs> the streets of san francisco yes they're, they're they're totally welcoming out there so um and they're so close to so close to the hospital in marin the northern california the sacramento state hospital we did yeah, it we, i'm sure that's a coincidence <laughs> yeah we did a show right i know we did a show <laughs> with the crazies in california well i mean knowing what they did in in the presidio I mean, which is another tar- little Tartarian settlement. Um, like what they did in the Presidio to the people of San Francisco. You know, we're just going to spray acid, and like literally LSD into the air. See how that goes. We're just going to fog out the city with, 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 this, with this research chemical. See how people react. You know, and that's the stuff well, that they declassify. Well, and that's, that's the, and I'll say it. People want to say you have cognitive dissonance for questioning authority. But then you have official admissions like this from authority. <laughs> oh yeah, we did this. Yep, we, we did human experimentation. I even on um, which one was it? It was when I looked at the uh, the original videos on Admiral Byrd, the whole uh, Operation High Jump saga. Mm-hmm. I pulled up all the official entries of all these human experiments that the United States had done and admitted to. And, and it even says in the entry, and you can see it. You know, I, I don't want to use Wikipedia as a source, but I will because that's what everybody looks at. They even say it. These experiments are still ongoing, and it's done by rogue agencies, you know, such as the Department <laughs> of Defense. And, this, and it's yeah, hilarious. They rogue, say it. rogue agencies such as the Department of Defense. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying any of the other ones, but I mean, and this, yeah. this is just what it says on the article. Oh no, no, like, no! I'm just. Yeah, that's, that's amazing that that's what they're putting. Rogue agency as AKA. Wow. Okay. And and, and then they even say and the, and some of these experiments are likely still going on, but don't worry. Don't worry, the Rockefeller Agency and the Church Commission shut it all down in the 1990s. Oh. It is, you know, don't don't worry about it. It's still happening, but you know, they got your back. Right, but not to you. <laughs> don't worry, just not to you. <laughs> clearly not you. You are not. You are not being gang stalked, and clearly not being gaslit. You are crazy. Okay, you are not being gaslit at all. There's something wrong with you if you think that. 
<laughs> I, I, I just sometimes <laughs> I just enjoy do. reading the comments on the videos oh, because some of the things people say, like uh, for example, on one of the St. Louis videos, someone was trying to say, "Look, it's well documented that, that steamship started that fire back in 1850." Okay, you didn't see it, and then I highlight an example. You know, these authority figures have lied much more recently about something happened in you know Vietnam. That has no relevance on what I'm talking about. Okay, whatever. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, it's just, like just defaults to it. It's hilarious. Well, this time they told us about it. That means they're st- they stopped it. And they didn't. They're not doing it anymore. And they like, don't, but I'm referring to a time way before they got caught, even. So you never mind. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> you, I'm like, bro. Do you even hear yourself? Like, do you, the words that are coming out of your mouth, you don't understand them very well. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, it's it's amazing in the, the cognitive dissonance that they try to put on you, and it's like, no, you're you're the one that should be confused, not me. But yeah, and so I, I don't know. Is it just me? I mean, is it just me? But did it seem like in the 20th century you could actually show a little bit more of an alternative approach to things, and people didn't have such a knee jerk reaction, or is that just? Am I not remembering it properly? Or was it another world? You know? It was what different before um, before social media took over everybody's life. Yeah, you're right. It was. I people think social media thought for themselves lot. and they were capable of doing it, it seemed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people did and they didn't like that. <laughs> now there's only a few people that do and they just call us the crazy guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's funny, but he's crazy, you know. Yeah, saying that we shouldn't that. trust authority figures, even though they've been proven to lie to us time and time again. Right, and right, right. They, they right. tell us they're still lying to us now, but don't worry. There's good reasons they're lying to us. Yeah. And they're not lying to us about anything that would hurt you. No, 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 no. Not at all. And not this you know, time. In the, in, the, in the 70s, Philip K. Dick said that we would be called schizos today. Oh, yeah. He was, he was right. Yeah. Well, he knew. He knew. <laughs> he he was quite an interesting individual too, for many reasons. He seemed to have some real true insights when you read all his books. He's great. Yeah, he's. I love his. I love his writing. Um, he, yeah. I mean, maybe he was in on it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe his. Maybe his character. You know, what I mean, I don't know. Is he one of those collective type people, or was he really that kind of? Um, of a savant, you know. The, the impression I get is that he seemed to show signs of being that kind of savant, and I think he paid a heavy price for it. Yeah. That's the impression. I mean, it could be wrong, but no, you I, know, mean, I think there, there's a reason why they had to go back and make that really terrible sequel to Blade Runner. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't have, can't have that memory not destroyed. Uh. <laughs> is there anything they won't shit on? I don't think so. <laughs> well, uh, my favorite movie in the world is Kroll, and guess who's remaking that? And Kroll was a movie that failed financially in 1983. I mean, it failed horribly. Oh, it's a Everything. cult classic. It's a definite cult classic. But um, <laughs> who's who, who's playing the main character? They haven't announced it yet, but they've announced who the director is going to be. J.J. Oh. Abrams. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. It's going to be... There's going to be some non-binary action going on for sure or something. They ha- Look, I, I'm, almost, I'm almost wishing that if they do it, then fine. You know, if they, they want to gender reverse it, that's great. You know, I can accept, you know, the, the main character being a woman and, you know, going down that direction, you know, just like they missed the opportunity with uh, 
Das Boot, you know, they didn't. Never mind. I'm going to stop right here before I get myself in trouble. But <laughs> no, yeah, no, you're, you can't. You're good. I don't mind if they want to switch it, do the whole gender reversal. But you're damn right, they're not going to do that. They're going to no. completely ruin it. They're going to put in all these stupid, pointless characters. <sighs> oh, uh, one of my other favorites, Shogun, from about the same time frame. You know, the novel and the the miniseries. Oh yeah. Okay. They're remaking that now too, and that trailer. I'm thinking, huh? There's not a single character in this trailer, just like every other movie now. There's no characters. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Well, we'll. See. I mean, yeah, they've you know they've done they've done the whole ruin every major franchise. So why not? <sighs> why not the niche movies too? Well, right. You know, you got to destroy everything. There's nothing you can go back and you know not remember fondly or. They'll never be able to better. I learned in Clash of the Titans in 2010. Don't ever try the remake. Forget it. <laughs> oh yeah, they'll ne- they'll never be able to take Conan. There's no way. There's no way they can't. They can't because they already had a black guy in it. They had they had, they, had, they already had all the things right. They had all the things. They can't. The only thing they'd have to do is have a gay scene, and I don't know where they would put that in that movie. But there's no way. They could, they could, Conan is one they can't ruin. I think that's the one franchise they can't ruin. They tried to do it with the Wilt Chamberlain and, um, oh, what was her name? With the Grace Jones. Grace Jones. Yeah. They tried to ruin it, and that one wasn't all that bad. It really wasn't, to be honest with you. I've seen way worse movies. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it has a coherent plot, it yeah. has coherent characters and yep. you know you, you can follow it from start to finish yep. they just yeah, they, it's way better than 90 percent of the movies now <laughs> that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying yeah you, i can name five movies off the top of my head right now that that movie is way better than so yeah and they they did the thing like they they had to put in you know they put in at that was when they were putting athletes in movies they started putting athletes in movies that was fun yep. that was funny. brian bosworth like <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh anyways back to back back to the old world um, wait, 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 what? real quick before we get off movies. Oh, okay. Your movie reviews on your playlist on one of your playlists are, are quite entertaining. If anyone out there is looking for something different, because, um, oh, you really? covered, the, I watched your Mad Max reviews. They were quite good. They were entertaining. Oh, right. thanks. Yeah. The, and I had to stop doing those because those were, um, those were not being accepted by the powers that be. Oh, were you were you treading into places you weren't supposed to without paying for it? Well, if uh, <laughs> if you go on to Rumble, I've got a connection there. The movie okay. I covered was from the 1980s called The Stuff, and that was the one that uh, I would say tripped the line. Oh, okay. I have think, to check that out. Yeah, I was always on shaky ground with them, and so usually I'd back off. I'd not do one for a while, and then I'd, you know, let's, let's see if I can get through with this one. Mad Max, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. It was like walking in a minefield, and then... I thought, okay, well, let's see, you know, they just issued all this stuff. I'm going to cover the stuff. And if you've never seen the stuff, it's a 1980s movie. Uh, I'd suggest checking it out. You'll find there's a lot of uh, <laughs> commonalities with things. <laughs> Recent events, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, of course, that, yeah, I was like, eh, so, uh, so, but it's still up on Rumble, the review I did on the stuff. Okay. We'll have to check that out. Well, that's uh, cool. Yeah. Right on. All right, so back to the original topic. Um, so this fourth era, Zartaria, um, lots and lots of stuff left over. Um, a lot of those buildings imply, like I said, that there was a great-sized population. Like there were a lot of people, it would seem. It would seem. 
And it, it would give that inclination. The thing I think that we're kind of factored into, though, is we believe that if you have large structures that are in a small area, then that implies a large population. And that would be true. But if you had a society that functioned differently, then maybe there was something else behind that. Now, just think about this. If you had a logistical system that you could quickly transport all these materials over vast distances very quickly and very easily. Right. You know, for example, I'll, I'll go back to it. The Iowa State Capitol, because it's just it's building number one. It has all these examples. Twenty seven different types of marble in that building from all over the lands. How many? So 27? You, 27. And you can go there and verify. You can look and feel and determine on the banister when you walk up the stairs and that, that it's that it really is 27 different types of marble. <laughs> I mean, they're not the same. You can feel the difference in them. Anyways, if they had that kind of capability, perhaps they had a different kind of transportation capability to where most of the population worked in the city, but they didn't actually live in the city. Imagine if you had a commute that actually worked because you had a transportation system that was efficient that everybody could really use. So I'm just saying we don't know for sure. It could have been a population many, many times what we think of ours and you know how accurate is our population count? Well, we could debate that. <laughs> mm. But I think there is indications, though, that they had a larger population, but a different society where people were able to live together a lot more effectively, a lot more comfortably a lot more enjoyably. Okay. That sounds, that sounds plausible. Um, cause I'm talking about like some of those buildings, like, uh, Chateau Fontenoc, like those huge buildings that those gigantic, um, whatever the hell buildings they really were like the, the Melbourne, was it the Melbourne mm-hmm. library is it, or whatever the hell it is. Is it the library in Melbourne, Australia? I get some of those buildings confused. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. I haven't gotten down to Australia. Yet. I but, only touched New Zealand so far. Oh, okay. Animals. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, just a few, pr- just a few guys from a penal colony, just some prisoners, you know, in their Ooh. spare time, just happen to all be master stonemasons. Who they can- went to the Yosemite Sam Stonemason Academy. <laughs> I love that analogy. I love. I was like Yosemite Sam's out there mining the gold, right? You know, with the pickaxe and all that, right? <laughs> And then uh, along comes, you know, along along comes the Pacific Ocean. They get to the Pacific Ocean. It's like, this is the spot. Right here is the spot. That's it. Palace of Fine Arts. Boom. Let's go. <laughs> Easy peasy. Right? That <laughs> Sutro Baths. That's another guy that I, I really want to look into. Um, I forgot his first name. It's something something like Sutro. I forgot his first name. Sutro. It's not like Caesar or Sutro. It's something like that, though. But uh, uh-huh. Otto von Sutro or something like that. But he, the Sutro Bath, Sutro Tower, Sutro Tower in San Francisco looks kind of like the end of a fire hose. And the lore is that the statue or that the, the tower was donated by the wife of, or it's it's the, the wives of the firefighters tower, I think is what it is, actually. It's the wives of firefighters who huh. died. That's the that's the that's the lore, right? But it's like it's ridiculous. It's this freaking ridiculous tower. There's no way, you know. what I mean, again, when you memorialize, I mean, and actually, you know, it doesn't really like you know if you squint. I guess it could be the end of a fire hose, right? But that's not the part of that's not the part I would use to you know because it doesn't scream fire department right off the bat when you look at it, right? Right. And you're memorializing firemen, basically, right? Firemen's wives, at least. 
And yeah, but that's the yeah, that's the, but that's Sutro, and he's the guy who's like got a lot of stuff to do with with uh, old San Francisco. He's one of the ones that probably one of the first inheritors. Him, right. um, Bechtel, Stephen Bechtel. Yep, had Bechtel. his name attached to everything, and there it lays still. Yep. Bechtel Construction is still a thing, dude. I have worked. I've worked <laughs> for them. They are actually the world's most profitable corporation. Say it and so. Mm-hmm. And all they do is take government money to build huge projects like Chernobyl, Fukushima. <laughs> they built the uh, they built the Golden Gate Bridge. They built supposedly. Now that's old world, so they're taking credit. So. Well, yeah, if you, if you go back and you watch some of the videos from the uh, World's Fair, the Panam uh, International Exposition that was there, you can actually catch some slips where they talk about Golden Gate Point slash Golden Gate Bridge. It's right, interesting. right. And then Bechtel was there. Bechtel was one of the the, um, the guys that started. It was 1880-something in San Francisco. But, yeah, these guys, they just show up. They just show up, and now they're a huge – there's large swaths of areas are named for these people now. And they just, you know, they're, they're just the local, they're the local, um, Oh, what do you call those guys? Um, Oh, we, we call them oligarchs. Oh, uh, we call them oligarchs when they're Russian or somebody else where they call them here. Um, humanitarians, <laughs> no philanthropists. That's the word I'm looking for. Philanthropists. Yeah, yes. Enlightened philanthropists. Yes. They're this, philanthropists. The right. <laughs> It's like, yeah, they're philanthropists when they're when they're here. When they're in another country, they're oligarchs. <laughs> well, that's like you know, like listening to the news. It's like fourteen Israelis were killed last night. A hundred and eighteen Palestinians died. It's like, wait a minute, you're saying it different on purpose. It's the same thing with that. No, no, I, I don't follow. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's the same thing. It's the same thing with the with the old stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, but, yeah it's, uh, a, it's all in uh, marketing. <laughs> yep, well, it's all marketing. Yeah, you got to sell it to people, otherwise, otherwise they won't go back to work, right? You know, oh, that would be terrible. Yep. What, what would we do then? <laughs> what would you do if people don't go back to work? Well, they're they're starting to. I mean, there's enough people are starting to not work anymore, right? Isn't there like massive amounts of unemployment going on around here? Well, it depends if the numbers they're reporting are correct and whatever else is going on. I think the way you can gauge it, though, is you can determine that the quality of service in many of the service-led industries has declined quite significantly over the last, oh, I don't know, two years. I, I don't know why this is, but you know, I'm just spitballing. The quality of service? Oh, I mean, in the, in the United States in general, it's dropped off like a hockey, like a reverse hockey stick. Like in, <laughs> yes. And it all started. It all started with Dick's Last Resort. <laughs> Remember that restaurant <laughs> where you go in and the waiter would give you a hard time, and that was the shtick. <laughs> yes, that was like the shtick. You go in there to Dick's Last Resort, and you have like crab legs and whatever, and you know, the waiter would be like, "Yeah, what do you want? I didn't ask you yet, kid." You know, like that was like the whole right. Like they watched the Jerky Boys or something before they, before they, before they went learn how to wait tables, but um. Now, anywhere, there's no, there's no service anywhere. There's no customer service. You can't get, I mean, at this point, because, of, I mean, apparently because of COVID, nothing's being made anymore. <laughs> um, in my industry, we're having um, like three to six to eight month waits on stuff that are normally like in stock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that was by design or is that an unintended consequence of the course of action that was attempted. I think that's still up for grabs a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Now, this decline that we're actually witnessing in real time, right? Um, in, in the United States, I mean, you see like the, the amount of cities that are falling apart, you know, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Portland, pretty much any major city has got massive amounts of problems. Um, it looks like, it looks like this is kind of like, you know, and, and of course, you know, we have our, our sports going on. Would we have the, the world series just happened? Football's going on, um, all kinds of other stuff, right? Everybody's got to go to work because everything's expensive because inflation and, uh, whatever. And they can't pay attention to anything. But it looks a lot like the sixty straight days of circus, you know, that they that they had going in Rome, you know, at the end. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know, and uh, I don't know if it's just it was some attempted ploy that didn't go the way it was supposed to go, or what? Because mm-hmm. I mean, you see a couple different uh, responses from it, but it seems as though there's a lot of effects that were not intended. Mm-hmm. For example, this nice little conversation we're having right now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to drag it this way, but it's just, that's kind of like, you know, like, like we see, we see the last, the last civilization, the last era Tartaria. I look at that and I, and I go, wow, that was gorgeous. Everything was beautiful. Everything was amazing. People lived in harmony. You know, the cathedrals were, you know, the cathedrals, like, you know, the whole theory about the, the, the energy sources. And there was the, then of course there was the frequencies and everything was frequencies and everything was healing and everything was health and everybody was healthy. And then something changed. Bells. Yep. And the bells. And that, right. And that's why they got rid of the bells and all that. And like, that's terrible. And I look at everything now and looking at it the way, um, just recently listening to Howdy McCoskey and he brought up an excellent point that if it wasn't for evolution, we wouldn't be able to look at history the way we do and still think that we're the greatest thing to ever happen. <laughs> because we're not like, we're not even close to the greatest thing that ever happened. Like looking back at Tartaria or whatever, whatever, whatever the hell you want to call it. I don't care. Right. Whatever it was. Okay. Whatever that we call it Tartaria and people, well, actually Johnny, the Tartars were this, and, and their grand Tartaria. Yes, I get that. But like, okay, whatever it was. All right, bro. Don't well, actually me <laughs> like, this is, <laughs> you know what I mean, dude. Like, <laughs> well, that's that. That's why I just went ahead and assigned the name, mm-hmm. and I said, "Look, it's it's a reference, but I also use that name because that's what people call it." Now, yeah. do I think it was centered in that region of Asia? No, oh. I believe it encompassed all the lands. Exactly, <laughs> I just use that name as a reference. Exactly, based on just based on my own eyeballs and looking at the architecture that surrounds the realm, the Earth, however you want to say it. Um, you know, the similarity of architecture literally everywhere, I'm going to say that the 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 society was all encompassing. And I, I agree with that. And we'll call it Tartaria because that's what it is. Okay. But I look at that stuff and I go, wow, we were so much better that back then. We had to be. Like we we absolutely had to be. We we, we were able to, you know, and I always jokingly say, um, you know, that they they made the Marvel superhero stuff to mock the fact that we used to be able to do that stuff. <laughs> you know but now we well, can't and it's funny because you know when those movies came to their their primacy in the early 2010s they also still seem to be a subversion of what the original superhero was mm-hmm. which was uh superman with christopher reeve in 1978 and 1980 and boy did they ruin that real fast didn't they <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well the whole well the whole superman theory in general is kind of 
this is sneaky. You know, like you can, this guy who's different than everybody who's super special. And you can pass as a normal person just by putting on glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. There's that. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but, but in secret, he's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, um, that's a whole. Don't get me started on, on comic books, man. I was a huge, right, right. I was a it. huge comic book fan back in the day. Anyways, um, but yeah, looking looking at the society of well, what we call Tartaria, looking at the architecture, um, looking at the art. I mean, the art is amazing, and the architecture. I mean, we're not we're not just talking about like state, you know, like uh, state capitals and stuff. Like, do you think that like uh, St. Peter's Basilica and all that stuff is Tartarian, or is that from the time before? No, I, I think that's very much Tartarian. Okay. I think okay. you know that was a, it was a long existing civilization, and they had the ability to build all that everywhere. Because what I suspect came from before, what I call the foundation eras, which we haven't gotten to quite yet. But like, for example, you know, people talk about star forts. Mm -hmm. I now call them geometrically precise foundation structures or GPFSs. And it's a bit of a joke because a lot of people get wrapped around just the small forts, but they don't realize that you have entire cities that have these precise foundation structures. And indeed, you can look at the foundation map of every major city in Europe, New Orleans, the United States, several cities in the United States. And they are surrounded by what people would call star forts. The entire city was. Right. Yeah. If you pan out just a little further, <laughs> you go out a little further on Google Earth, you can still kind of see them in places. Yeah. The, the, the fort part is like the lie, usually. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I've, I've gotten away from trying to call it that. Yeah. Because the, the fort part, I mean, well, so the cannons could defend it. Like, okay. No. How many times have you heard of a fixed fortification working in military history? Zero. Maybe with the exception of Fort Wagner in that uh, lovely movie Glory, but that was the only exception. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. I, w I had a fascination with the colony of Roanoke, which disappeared, if you're aware of that weird oh, phenomenon. Yeah. Yep, before that was, if, yep. Yeah. If you look at the area there that they're in, it was a surfort. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough. Yeah, and I think that might be, and I think a lot of things that we get from that questionable time frame, I think there are true accounts hidden and peppered and moved all around in time. It's mm -hmm. confused, but there is truth to it because when you have at least a half truth, it becomes a lot easier to sell it long term. At least there's something concrete that they can lean on. Right. Oh, no, absolutely. And, you know, because they can't make up the entire story all the time. No, no. So, but that way, you know, as, lo as long as you can go back to, well, what's the original talking points? You know, what are our four or five talking points? There was a war going on. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, got it. Yep. There was a, a natural disaster. A volcano erupted. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was the year without a summer. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but like, like you said, these are the size of cities in some cases. So. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and probably in just about every case, because when you look at the, the foundation map of every single city, I mean, I just realized this in Germany, they all have these geometrically precise foundation structures all around them. They're not the little ones that you can go walking through in about five minutes. It's around the whole flipping city. <laughs> yep. And it, it shows the knowledge of somebody who came even before this previous civilization and why I think there were civilizations that preceded it that had even more knowledge, more logistical capability, and they seem to have the very ability to shape the natural land with the artificial land. I think that's the most impressive thing. 
we only see the bare bones remnants of it. What's left of these city geometrically precise foundation structures or star forts, as people will say, or even the very long and large shan bars that go on for miles and miles that are perfectly straight. And don't tell me, oh, it's just a natural sandbar because the ocean does that. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, lots of artificial coastlines. Yep. Yeah. Uh, lots, I mean, of, lots of building in the water for no reason. The artificial coastline stuff and the artificial, uh, like, all, all that, all that, that's definitely like, uh, what do you call it? Geoscaping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's it's crazy because it's just not that's not natural. There's there's no way that that stuff is natural, and they had to have some kind of like what they said they did for um for the World's Fair in Chicago. They dredged it with horses and barges. <laughs> yeah, right. And the horse and barge, like they did. What was the um <clears throat> Grogneck? What's the one in New York? The the one um the big one that goes uh, into New York City. You know what I'm talking about? Is this a canal? No, 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 no. The fort there. It's called Fort something. Anyways, that one they said was, again, dredged with, you know, dredged with a horse and barge. That's another another one, the Erie Canal. (laughs) Yeah. Like the Erie Canal. Like, it's like, come on, guy. You're talking how many hundreds of miles done changes elevations how many hundreds of times? goes through how many hundreds of feet of, of pure, just straight rock granite mountains, right? Well, there's that. And then there's also the story they talk about how they had to clear all the trees. Mm-hmm. They had to clear all the trees. These were old trees that were hundreds of years old. Right, right, right. And they just right. pull, attach a horse to it and pull it down. Just straight up, and pull them straight down. One horse, boom. Every, yep, it was the strongest was horse And, you know, you, you could do it all in that time. And then here's where it gets even better. The labor force was primarily Irish. And at that time, they didn't like the Irish in the United States, or so they tell us. And so they were dealing with hate attacks all the time. That's what the official account says. But they still managed to meet the timeline on the canal. (laughs) Right. And don't forget, don't forget the people who designed and coordinated it. Not a civil engineer among them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The governor just said do it because the president said it was stupid. <laughs> he said, listen, the president said you can't do this. You're dumb. And he said to watch this. Uh, I'll just make it happen. <laughs> just, you guys, hey, you guys, you know you know what a canal is? No, okay, here's a book. Take a look at that and go get a shovel. All right, you guys are on it's it. A, it's a one perspective drawing, just like in the patent's office. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's absolutely Wait, show me absurd. how deep it's supposed to go. No. Oh, okay. No problem. <laughs> it's so absurd. It's so absurd, right? That like the um the the video, actual video of them blowing up the old um Niagara Falls power plant oh, yeah. or whatever that was. The structures there, yeah. Whatever the true. whatever the hell that was. The structure that was creepy. That structure reminded me of something out of Prometheus. Mm-hmm. You know, I see that video and it gives me, there are some videos from back then that actually give me, um, what would be, uh, what do they call it? Are you talking about the Hoover Dam, Joni? No, 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 no. The, uh, the Niagara Falls and they all, when they opened the new power plant and they blew up whatever the old stuff, the old structures there, whatever they were, right. There's video of that. And just looking at them, it's like kind of looking at him, it gives me a, like a really eerie feeling. Like the first time I saw, um, uh, what's his name stuff, old scary worlds channel. 
I mean, not, and it's not just the ambient, like scary music that he puts with it, right? But it's just that those, those, some of those older pictures and videos, they have like this air to them that's just kind of eerie. You know what I mean? Because there's nobody well, there. I think there, there's like there's some there. of these locations that have something, I don't want to be cliche here, but they have something evil that happened there mm. that somehow managed to continue over time. There's no doubt that that happened. I mean, who knows what kind of horrifying atrocities occurred there. I've only hinted at that a little bit because I think that's really getting to a disturbing level. A lot of people aren't even willing to consider yet. Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of theories that, um, well, like you said earlier that, you know, that when you go into a building and it makes you feel good, right. And building can make you feel like, you know, we're talking about the buildings were the buildings were places of, um, of health or whatever. Right. And so if something bad happened, you know, maybe it could, you know, make you feel bad. No, I was, <clears throat> I was more talking about just the, um, it's like maybe the lack of people in some of these old pictures and that oh, whole yeah. thing, that whole phenomenon of the empty cities and the mud, you know, the mud streets and stuff. How much of that do you think is actually real now? Or how much of it is freaking AI being AI generated at this point? Cause I think a lot of that we've been duped with. You're talking about the destruction of these sites and so forth? Well, like the like Niagara, or are you just talking about uh, the imagery that we have of the empty cities? Yeah, the imagery that we have. Like, you know, like most of the imagery that we've had in general to look at has been digital. Well, I think, you know, and what you've noticed, and this has really become obvious probably over the last, well, even before 2020, you start noticing this. All of a sudden, all these images that were not available before suddenly became available, but they weren't in the archives. And I remember people asking, and this was in the mid 20 teens, mm -hmm. people were looking for construction photographs of this and that from this exposition, that exposition, or even this major building, nothing to be found anywhere. And, you know, we had the internet, we had the ability to communicate, we could check other archives in other places, nobody could find it. Then all of a sudden, around 2019, yeah, we got some construction photos for you, check this out, check that out, oh, look, here, here, here. Now they all have the same problems with them, you know, the, the same obvious signs of, you know, the, the classic signs that they're just something that even if you can't find anything pictorially wrong with the image, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. You'll mm -hmm. find perspective issues, shading, lighting, all this stuff. It's, it's usually just the building done with some scaffolding around it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like it's penciled in. And, and, or like the, one of the other big examples, the Cathedral of Learning in Pittsburgh. If you compare and contrast what you have on the interior, the skeletal structure, it does not match what is the interior of that building right now. In other words, you have beams where there should be no beams at all in this giant cavern room. <laughs> and, and, oh, yeah, you know, it makes sense to me. What? No, it doesn't. It doesn't look anything like it. That doesn't make any sense. Right. But you know, people just fly with it. And, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of it is because they're trying to obfuscate the account. They're trying to confuse things. They're trying to discredit it any way they can. Well, I knew that as soon as I saw the Bloomberg article about Tartaria, <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go. And now I know that like they know that this is something they need to get out in front. They they should have gotten out in front of and they didn't or they did. And this is a part of the, the slow roll or something. But um, I know for a fact that uh, 
when we first started looking into it, there was a lot more stuff on stolen history and places like that. And yeah, let's, let's not even talk about what happened to that site. <laughs> I know the raping of stolen history, like literally, man. Like, well, and what what it's been replaced with too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, besides the uh, besides the item not found. <laughs> well, there's actually another whole site that has the same name, but uh, let's just say it functions a little differently. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. The the other I haven't I haven't really checked into it since. Um, Every time I have, I have a whole ton of bookmarked old uh, stolen history links, right? And you, you want you want the you want the three second summary on it. Yeah, go ahead. Everything that you post on there has to be approved by a moderator. Oh, yeah. Need I say any more? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all the links I I had saved in my bookmarks for I don't know how many years now. Every time I click on one, it's it's four oh four. So. yeah surprise surprise yep and because they and they were good they were all like really good like tartaria stuff and nope oh yeah yep. and, and the original stolen history was awesome it was a great compendium of knowledge that had been acquired and then it was just knowledge bombed kaboom yes yes and now um, i think what they've done is they've tried to set up areas to where people who are starting to show signs of thinking for themselves direct them here mm-hmm. we'll make sure you get re-educated <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's done in such a subtle way in a way that makes you think that you're you're winning you know and i always like to, i always like to say that look if if a retard like me can know the secret teachings of all mankind <laughs> you know what i mean are they are they really that freaking secret well it's like all the secret organizations out there that everybody and their dog knows it, about <laughs> exactly 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 <laughs> And it's like as soon as you learn about a new one, you know, like a, like a, like one, that's like oh, I've never, I've never, okay, I've never heard of these ones. These guys are okay, yeah, these are. Oh shit! Now I know it. Okay, then then that means it's nobody. <laughs> and that's where I'm yeah. at now. That's where I'm that's, at now. That's the good litmus test there because you know it's it's something I've posed and I've hinted at on a few videos. Look, uh, the, the real individuals or powers that are behind this. Do you think they would ever, ever, ever show themselves in any of the slightest ways no. when they don't have to? They have no, no. they have no reason to, no way, uh, no way, no shape, no how. Never, never, ever have a reason to. Even the, even the mid, yeah, it's just there's no. There, reason. It was so many layers behind it, and so many methods of function, and people all piled into whether it's nationalism or whether it's this or that that divides us up into nice big schisms. Yep. Everybody's going to jump on board that train, and that accounts for most of the population. Yep. And anybody who doesn't, they're a conspiracy theorists. <laughs> yeah, and even though even though they've been doing the thing recently, and you know, uh, more and more, it's like the whole: um, if you were a loved one or a conspiracy theorist, you were owed an apology. You know, like because you know the conspiracy theorists were right. Do you know someone who's a conspiracy theorist? You should go apologize to them. Like, you know, <laughs> because now it's like, oh, the conspiracy theorists were right. The conspir- you know, now they're doing that, right? The, uh, oh, the. Con- they're 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 doing this slow roll of oh of course well, of course now they're doing a um you know Fauci is admitting it was bat soup like you know okay. <laughs> right like oh yes the conspiracy from before is it's look it's still fake shut up like it's still oh. the flu guy so anyway <clears throat> but like they're doing this slow roll of like they always do and they do it with everything and they did it with they do it with Tartaria and they do it with this old world stuff. And um, 
they put so many different kinds of theories. You've got the millennial kingdom theory. Oh uh, my gosh. Did, but does that one get bombed on everyone? Oh yeah. My. So are you, are you a pro or con on preterism? I, I'm uncommitted because I haven't seen anything that convinces me one way or the other. Yeah, right. You know, it, it's a theory. Right. And there are some indications that might prove it. And there's some indications that disprove it. Right. But am I going to, am I going to get out there and tell you, yes, it's a or B no. <laughs> and I know damn well, that's what I'm being conditioned to do. I'm supposed to tell you it's a or B you're supposed, like right. I'm supposed to say you're a globe tard or a flat tard. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a thinking tard. I haven't seen it. I don't know. And I'm not afraid to say that. There you go. Gee. It's always red team, blue team. We always, we talk yep. about this a lot on the show. It's yep. a red team, blue team dichotomy. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a Democrat or Republican, but we always just use the red team, blue team, you know, Coke and Pepsi is red and blue, right? It doesn't, you know, so well, if you think, I mean, it even goes to um, military symbology. Yeah. Where, oh, yeah. You know, friendly Stratego. is blue. Yep. Enemy red is red. Blue. Yep. <laughs> You're a Stratego guys. One team was red. One team was blue. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's right down the middle. It's everywhere you see it, you know? And no, I, I don't have indications that tell me one way or the other. Could yeah, I'm just, sure. I'm just asking. Could it fit in a timeline? Yeah. Exactly. But do I have indications it really happened? No, Ex- I don't. Nope. Nope. But you know what? It fits really It fits really good in this book. You know what I mean? Like this book that they wrote that's uh, anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of these things because you're like, you can interpret a lot of these old books any way you want or a certain way, you know, make them sound any way that you need them to sound. Pretty much, and it's uh, art and a science, and it's also very lucrative if you do it just right. And it's oh, boy, <laughs> the amount of grifting that has been done, because the amount of industries that have been founded because of this kind of stuff, good Lord. Uh-huh. So, I mean, and, and to go back to uh, the, the two particular individuals that you mentioned earlier tonight, one of the things that you can hear them doing is they try to say that, well, we can... We can discredit the thousand years added theory, and then we can also discredit all alternative researchers because they support a certain group, you know, that that's uh, involved with a lot of different things. Another one of those secret groups that everybody knows about (laughs) (laughs) because everything's all or nothing. And then they're using that same logic. Well, it's all or nothing. So if you can prove that this group that they're trusting in members of this group, then that undermines all the research. Oh, really? Why? How? <laughs> right? <laughs> because we say so, and that's your only justification. Wrong. <laughs> Man, it's it's yes, because we say so. That's that's the main the main reason. And people go along with it because they said so. Well, yeah, I I don't want somebody to be mad at me. Come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> I got to get favoritism for my department chair, otherwise, I'm my budget's going to be cut. I won't get tenured. You know, I mean, it's oh, all paid. Oh man, don't, don't forget about money. tenure. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's, you know, science, real science hasn't been done, and God knows how long or if it ever has been in this era, but um, peer review has completely taken over and completely stifled any scientific progress, any real scientific progress. Yeah, well, I've, I've got some scientific progress for you from the 19th century, Faco's pendulum. <laughs> oh, we just got into it. We just got into it about that today. So... um yeah, they, but don't all pendulums have a motor anyways to keep them in motion? Hey, hey, you're, you're giving away the secret there, okay? Oh, that's, that's right. not what it's about. It proves, it proves that we are on a globe. Yeah, so at least I, you can't prove. Again, like, like Jason <laughs> says, like Jason says, if, if it is a simulation, it can be a globe and a flat thing at the same time, so. 
Yeah, or if it's four dimensional, and, yeah. and uh, they even they even hinted at that by my favorite scientist on our favorite cosmology show. <laughs> yeah, I mean they've always they've always you know kind of hinted at that kind of stuff, and I've I believe in multiple multiple dimensions. Uh, I think there are there has to be. I mean, if we are devolving. <laughs> we had to, we had to come from a higher dimensional being at some t- at some point in time, you know. Um, man, what are they going to do when nobody knows how to fix anything anymore? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I you know, I mean, is it is it going to be something that has an actual cause and effect to it, or do they have some contingency plan they're just going to roll out and? Or is that when they're going to reintroduce some of the other technology that they've still been keeping and it'll be the magic solution to everything? You know, it's mm. just something they just literally pull out of nowhere and, hey, look, we've got this new technology and it's really easy to learn and use. You know, we've always had it. We just didn't know <laughs> it. And here you go. This will fix all of our transportation problems, or at least it'll make it so to where we can have a level of service to where people will keep their heads turned and not care, you know? Yeah, that sounds that's Come on, honest. Where's, where's- Where's my Vamana? <laughs> Dude, that's looking at those things. Where's that? Where's that? Hold on. I saw the other day. Where's the, uh, put this back on. The Vamanas on, let me see if I can't. Well, you're sharing your screen right now. So. There, I can pull it down. And, and let me see. Let me see. Let me look at that. Okay. So, oh, this is really, needs to be a lot smaller. Okay, here we go. Um, we have this, this, this guy. Let me share, hold on, let me share my screen with you guys. <laughs> then, then everybody gets to see it. <laughs> And there's my, yeah, this guy right here. Look at this thing. This is. I mean, that thing is, look at that. Look at that thing. Now, which era is this? Mm, I think this could be at the very high technological point of the fourth era, but it's probably when they were getting to the point where they were comparable to the third era. But I still think that's fourth era. Okay, I mean the, the like the statues and stuff going all the way up. It's incredible. How many feet tall, Grognak? Do you have any idea how many feet tall this thing is? Um, am I guessing? Yeah, two hundred and three levels. Yeah, I mean that's insane. Like the that's- the level of detail that went into it, and then when you actually look into you know, these structures, whether they're in India or Southeast Asia, the ones in Thailand are very interesting. They'll even flat out tell you that they'll try to say, well, they, they built the tower mid 19th century, but we don't exactly know when the original structure was built. They kind of leave it vague. It's very interesting. <laughs> right. And they, and then you say, um, you know, they built his stuff with hammers and chisels and copper tools. They and carved it. They had all carved. the time in the world. Okay. You know, they just work so hard. Okay, but like <laughs> they carved this out of one piece of rock or something? Like how this is a this is a very large structure. 
Now this is one. This is one that um, some people out there. There's a guy. There's, there's a. There's a. There's this crazy British guy on Telegram goes by Faking Space. He uh, everything's geopolymer, right? And so this is a geopolymer thing. Somehow they had they had pump trucks and and molds or something. And they well, and, and, but it, it go, you know geopolymer is a very interesting theory, and I think there are indications of it. But it goes back to the same thing. You still have to get enough geopolymer and enough trucks <laughs> in enough positions and put it in position. Right. It's still a matter of logistics. Right. You're, over, you're hand-waving the logistics. Thing. Exactly. I'm not saying the people with the theory do, but when you think about the execution of it, you need to have the logistical capacity to do it. 100%. And this is one uh, of the things that we say when we talk about stuff like the Utah, uh, like the, the Utah um, asylums. Right, the Utah State Hospital and all that. They're like, these are bricks, and they made these bricks and all these materials, and they had to cart. They didn't have any roads. Like these things, how did this? None of this happen. This can't happen. Logistically, none of this stuff happened. Where were all the brick people? Like these billions of bricks that were made that were that made this city of bricks that Chicago originally was. The entire city was made out of bricks. Where were the, where are the brick billionaires? Like did did just people just not pay for bricks? You just you know bricks were just free. Like the people made them for the hell of it. I, I think what really surprised me was getting on the ground in St. Louis and just trying to get an estimate for how many bricks were just in the buildings I looked at personally. Let oh, alone St. Louis, dude, St. Louis, Shemoligans. The entire, the entire city is. I mean, all of the, um, all of the. The residential areas are all brick. Like, red brick everywhere yep. you look. Red everywhere. Brick. Look, I had a buddy of mine lived in St. Louis when I was driving across the country. I stayed at his place uh, overnight instead of a hotel in his entire neighborhood. I was like, bro, it's, I know it's a brick house, but which one? He's like, yeah, I'm the 36th brick house on the left. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, there's all kinds of huge anomalies there. You've also got the, uh, the last three standpipe water towers, which are actually a lot more common than we think. One that's the shape of a giant column, and it's the tallest freestanding column in the world. Oh, yeah, it's a water tower. <laughs> right. Water tower. Right. Whatever. <laughs> that's the other thing, the, the water tower stuff. There's, there's one, um, the one in San Francisco. It's like, a, um, it's not, not San Francisco. It's Daly City. That's another one. Oh there's, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Then there's a bunch. There's a bunch of those there. That's just like ridiculous water tower slash arboreum, and then you've got the like the bandstand thing right there. I mean, it just it just doesn't make any sense. And they're trying to say these are water towers from the 19th century, which makes even less sense. Right. It's why why would they be u- using that principle? I mean, yeah, we saw the 20th century water towers, and they were made out of very cheap. Basically, I mean, they're not, but they're basically like aluminum structures. You know, a tornado goes by in Iowa and hits one of those new water towers. It's going down. Really oh, cool. yeah. oh, yeah. It's a courthouse. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are those are ridiculous. Those, the, the, yeah, there's stone structures that don't age and everything else is crap. <laughs> one of the courthouses I looked at in Iowa, there, there's footage of it taking a direct hit from an EF4 tornado. And all it tore off was the cupola. Well, the very top of the dome, which right. they added in the 1970s. Everything else? That's crazy. No big deal. <laughs> you can actually see it. The tornado hits it dead on. Eh. 
Koopala gone, the rest of it. Yeah. And it's some minor damage, no big deal. No big <laughs> deal. <laughs> but, you know, you can say the same thing when a bomber crashed into the Empire State Building, too, at the end of World War II. Oh, good Lord, no. yes. Yes. No big deal. Nope, just a bomber. <laughs> it was open the next day. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. Just a few people shaking up. No big deal. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, no. Crew was killed, but you know, it's not like you know the whole building collapsed or anything like that. So right. yeah, I don't know what I'm thinking about that. <laughs> right. Oh man. So all right, I'm gonna. I was trying to find some more cool Tartarian stuff, but that would happen to be Twitter, and now I'm doom scrolling. I can't do that. <laughs> we don't need that. Um, the the amount of the amount of stuff that's been hidden from us in our history and just like what we know about ourselves, let alone the people that came before us. Right. Um, do you think that we are the people that came before us in any way at all or at the reset, they just brought out some new models physically. I mean, I think there's lots of indications that physically it's new models. And, you know, however you want to look at that, whether it was through an incubator system, whether it was through some sort of alchemical process, I've looked at both. And I know some of the larger channels like Mind Unveiled, they really hit that hard and hit it very well. But I think there's more to us, though, than just our physical model that I think does connect us directly with whoever those people were who built the structures and were the real individuals behind the function of that civilization. I think the same, I know that it's a spiritual component. There's something within us that still connects us to that. That's why it resonates with some of us. That's the only explanation. There has to be something that connects us to that. Right. Or they tried, they tried to change the model, but they couldn't change what was inside the model, whatever, whatever operates the model. You know, if you want to go to the Philip K. Dick replicant concept, and oh, they're not really human beings because you know we built them to be artificial, but they could develop their own emotions and become human beings. I think that's what he was really speaking in that. I think that's what he was really implying and quite directly saying. Some could develop emotions. Some could connect to who and what they were in the past. It would be more to them. Hmm. Well, that makes, I mean, that makes sense, you know, I mean, we some you you always hear um, you know some people feel more like you said more more of a connection to the past. What do you think about the people that they call like old souls? You think that? Oh, I think they're people who have that energy stronger for whatever reason. They have more of a direct connection, yeah. and for whatever reason, their memories seem to be more intact. Mm. And maybe what they really see is just misinterpreted. And let's be honest, the whole Tartaria thing was around the 20th century. It was just called Atlantis, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that actually that's that's true. <laughs> I mean it was it was always there. People could always connect to it and it was derided back then too. Oh, there's no Atlantis. Edgar Casey's out of his mind. Uh, they, they don't know what they're talking about. That's not a wall in Bimini. That's just a natural formation. It oh, always yeah. is. It's just a natural formation. Yeah. Or like the the wall, <clears throat> excuse me, the wall in uh in Texas. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just there. That's another good example. Well, they just built that, you know, those a uh, Neolithic man built that you know, you nothing better to do so build a wall mm -hmm. <laughs> amazing it's just just to go around and just point at it and just be like explain this like in in 
be real with yourself when you explain it. Like, you know what I mean? Just reading the brass plaque is not good enough. <laughs> now, I'll put a, bla- put a brass plaque on that. This was formed by natural geological processes and erosion. Right. That's the answer to the test in geology. <laughs> oh, man. I just had somebody tell me now, and I, and I know I know there's a lot of people out there that get mad when we talk about like stuff in the Bible or whatever, but um, he said that the, uh, that the Grand Canyon was caused when after the flood. It was water. It was caused by water. Now, I 100% do not believe that. I am more inclined to believe that that is like <clears throat> like the mining damage stuff, That the theory. I'm more inclined to believe that. That doesn't look like any sort of water damage. Like that little river didn't do that. And nowhere else has water changing places ever done that much damage to that kind of rock, I don't think. Right. Yeah, well, and then you'd also expect it to be a lot smoother if it was water damage. Rounded, as we're told. No, no, no. Right. no. It's, it's very sharp, and there's lots of right angles. Hey. Lots of jagged and stuff. Lots of jaggedy stuff there. So A lot, yeah. of, a lot of melted things. A lot there. of melted stuff. You're not, right. you're not even allowed to go through the whole thing. Right. So I find it very hard to believe. And that's, you know, and that and that bothers people that, you know, that, like, we, we don't necessarily believe 100% with, with you know, what that book says. Well, well, that's, that's the fun part about un- unraveling this tangled cord that is mm-hmm. like American history is, you know, we're, we're only supposed to have so much history here, but you can see a footprint of something that is clearly erased and that they don't want you talking about. It's very easy to see that. Oh, yeah. Right. Yep. And, and I think there's different ways to do that. And, you know, one thing people tend to gloss over is, do you know how many different versions there are in that book that you're talking about? <laughs> right. <laughs> No, but well, this- let's go back to the beginning. What about the Vulgate one? So, which one's right? Which one's the correct version? Because no, there but- are some very notable differences. Right, but, but only ask. this one. Got it. Okay. But only this one. That's <laughs> the right one. I I can't do that. I have I have a hard time with that. People people have a hard time with me having a hard time with that. I'm sorry. Well, it, it, it's the same pattern though. We can recognize that pattern in people. They're defaulting to what they've been told, and it doesn't matter which side of the coin they're on. You can recognize the pattern. They're acting out the pattern. Yeah, I think a big part of it also is when people go down these rabbit holes and they realize they've been they've been lied to about nine eleven. They were lied to about viruses and COVID. They're lied to about the the shape of the realm they live in. This or that, you know, you, the list goes on. They need some foundation for what they can believe as a truth. And I think a lot of people choose the Bible and they hang on to that as. Um, you know, this is true to its every word in some cases where maybe that's not always the case. If you look into things further, you know, the, the entire idea behind um, an apocryphal text is that it's, it's so secret and great of a, uh, a meaning behind it. that it's just not for everybody that you're, right. you're casting pearls before swine being that, you know, pearls being wisdom, and the swine being the the unclean, the people who aren't deserving of the knowledge. So it's a little bitter to un- understand that there's probably people out there, Jesuits, Freemasons, whatever secret society you want to label them as, who, you know, they go around and, and basically scrub history and try to rewrite it. And then there's also an aspect of dredging through the mud, you know, and, you know, being archaeologists, in our own right as autodidactics almost and trying to find answers and it's tough it is tough but 
it's easier to do it together than to, to just all fight about it really. <laughs> no, but that that's what we're set up to do though. We're set up to fight about anything and everything, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, you're, you're right. I'm more right. Hey, I recognize that beauty. <laughs> yeah. There it is. There it is. Let me. Yeah. Creepy. Like you said, a little creepy. Yeah. That's, let me see if I can get that on the screen. I'm going to do this. Now, you know what, what's interesting is seeing this image right now is I can almost get the inclination that I think you're looking potentially at two eras right there. You're looking at the fourth and potentially the third era below it, whatever's left. Yeah. That makes sense. Let me pull this over here. Let me do this. Nope. It's not doing the thing. So we'll, we'll definitely have to have you on again. Oh, yeah. There's so much more to talk about. I'd be delighted. Just let me know. Yeah, man. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we're, we're running a little over, which is cool. But, um, yeah, there's so much to this. Uh, the <clears throat> Excuse me, the third era, the second era, and then <laughs> before that, it just keeps getting more and more and more and more convoluted, right? Well, and it's also harder to talk about too, because you know there's there's a term you dare not use that I found out the hard way. What's you don't ever use the term golden age. You uh, do not say that. <laughs> why? Why not? Why are you not allowed to say that? Just out of curiosity. Because I think it's the connotations that go along with it, and any time that was used in any sort of presentation or whatever else, there seemed to be it seemed to trip something that had a really negative response every time I used it. Mm. Okay. So I got away from using that and I used a more generic term, a foundation era, which makes sense in a practical sense because everything's built on top of what came before. Well, I think, I think the, the notion of the epitome of um, the historical context being within this golden age that comes from the golden dawn society. And they did a lot of damage to what you would call today, like the truther community, you know, like hundreds of years later, almost because they, they have a lot of convolutions that, that don't match the actual historical references. If you look back and you try to read the text from actual historians at the time, like, you know, it's just made up nonsense. So, right. like, the, this idea that there are ages, there, there definitely are ages, and it, it seems like people gave them titles, but to even say, like, the Golden Age is, like, the best one or something, like, yeah, there's a lot of connotations attached to these these mm -hmm. frames of reference. There's a lot of so, implying implications. <laughs> well, and when none are necessarily intended, that's the best part about it. Mm -hmm. So then you got somebody going off in a completely different direction. Somebody said a word. So they must be in on something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. So you're, you, you're a Gnostic, definitely. <laughs> oh, boy. If, if I get called a Gnostic one more damn time. Um, oh, my gosh. We just Watch out. The Albigensian Crusade's coming for you. <laughs> right. I know. Oh, my God. Well, that just means you're a phony Christian, and you're a Luciferian, and like, oh, God. You're not valuing materialism and you're not valuing money. What the heck's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, right, right. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. But man, Lucius, thank you for coming on, dude. We will uh, definitely get you back on again for sure. Oh, sounds great. I had a great time. Dude. Great awesome. Time tell uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. Just search uh, Lucius Aurelian. It's spelled exactly the same way as the supposed Roman emperor. And 
that's a bit of a joke on my part because this was somebody else who did logistical impossibilities to end the crisis of the third century by marching their army back and forth across Europe all the way to the Middle East in under five years. They did it three times. Pretty impressive. It's crazy. <laughs> that's like driving cross country three times in a week. Yeah, exactly. No worries. Taking a whole army there without any kind of mechanization or motorization. Again, yeah. logistics oh. are no problem. The logistics <laughs> of the army stuff, like just the logistics of Genghis Khan. For, for, for <laughs> we don't need logistics. Just right. just move the army there, right. dude. Like I said, <laughs> like crazy. I said, we're gonna I'm have glad to- I'm glad you explained that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, man, we're gonna have to have you back on. There's so much stuff to talk about. So right Wonderful. on. Man. Thank you for joining us, sir. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care of yourself. All right. You too. Awesome. Lucius Aurelian. What do you think, Rognak? That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, I love when we get a new perspective on topics we've talked about for a couple of years here. Yeah, man. I like that. I like talking about Tartaria, dude. I, I still do. I still, I'm still fascinated by all of it. And I am saddened. And again, Howdy, Howdy made me sad. Because he's the one that told me. He, well, he didn't tell me. He was, you, you, you heard that talk that he did the other week, right? About uh, about no. uh, 1984, rereading 1984. Did you read that? Go on. Oh, and how <clears throat> and how it's about it's about the current time that was going on. It wasn't about the future, right? And um, anyways, you got to listen to that. But what he said was that the only way that we can look at history the way that we do, in as much as that we are the pinnacle of you know of evolution right we're always the best we're evolving 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 right constantly getting better throughout history it's just the further you go back the more primitive it is right well that only works if evolution is true right and so now think of that it's like man okay so we are devolving because entropy is real because entropy is an actual observable thing so actually, we were a higher being. We were of a higher consciousness, and now we're not. Well, if you, I think I think de-evolution is a little objective. Okay, oh, yeah. So in a like, way. yeah. I'll I'll try to I'll try to do this quickly, but like you know, Cro-Magnon is basically seen as a humanoid who lived in a technological time perspective. Mm-hmm. Like he's. Uh, the females are are petite. They're small. They don't. They're not big like males. They don't have to do hard work. The they have um, just like their bone structure shows that they probably had a lifestyle very similar to what we have today. Right. Twenty twenty three. Right. Um. So like your your body's going to change. I don't know if the the reports we did about horns growing in the back of teenagers' heads because of their cell phones is true. <laughs> like i'm I'm sure we change a little like our we i think we actually have um well just look at our, our just look at our like genes your, probably are very fast to to actually respond to our surroundings well, i know a lot of it has to do with like seed oils and, and the fda's uh food pyramid but like just looking at americans just taking the senior yearbook and going back 10 years at a time you know and just looking at what people look like um well, there's there's the evolution of, of technology, and then there's the evolution of the human body. So I think right. the, the evolution of technology that, that we're getting is just getting shiny little baubles that don't actually do anything, and the evolution of technology has actually stopped. Really, 
you know cars are still yeah. cars we're not we don't have flying cars we don't have like you know phones are still phones television still like nothing's really it's the same technology it's just shinier you know i'm I mean? holding out for vimanas right i know all right well that was a fun one grognak uh yeah yeah, man. Cool interview. I, I had a great time and I hope to talk to him again soon. I listened to his to his to his videos while I'm driving and he sounds like a fun guy to talk to and he definitely was. So we're definitely gonna have him back on. Thank you everybody for joining us over on Pilled, over on D Live, over on Odyssey. Um <clears throat> we got a few donations this evening. Thank you to uh this guy, what's his name? Um Clean Water and a Sea of Garbage. Is, is his uh, is his handle there? Thank you. And then over on D Live, we got some lemons and a diamond. So whatever that means, I keep forgetting what those are. But thanks, guys. And if anybody donated over on Pill, there are. Let me see. Let me release the scratch offs. Scratch offs released. Give that a second. You guys go ahead and. Yeah, thanks for watching on a Friday, Friday night. Yeah, guys. thanks for watching us on a Friday night. We we'll back Tuesday with the Nationalist Inquirer. Uh, for a future, we are probably taking the week of Thanksgiving off <laughs> and, um, yeah, we'll see y'all later. Time travel makes you gay. I was the lead singer in a rock band. My intent was to get famous and eventually convert the band to a Christian rock group, using my influence and stardom to bring my listeners into the light of Christianity. I didn't realize how hard it was to make it in the music industry until the bills racked up, and our group was just a name among endless waves of starving artists. I called Lucifer knowing he was the only one who could grant me immediate success. I thought if I kept my intentions pure, the Lord could surely forgive me if I brought more people into the light. Lucifer came when I called. He stayed in the corner of my bedroom. His figure was concealed by darkness but his black eyes somehow penetrated all that was dark and stayed visible, watching me, allowing me to see he had heard me. I asked him for my band to become famous and influential in exchange for my soul. I truly believe God would forgive me and somehow save me for this. Lucifer never spoke directly. Only a hissing sound in my head relayed the word, deal. I heard him snap his fingers and just like that, he was gone. My senses drowned in fear when the judge sentenced me to death. I never remembered going to that celebration party for our newly released album or taking the drugs they found in my system. I never even remembered holding a gun in my life, let alone blowing the brains out of every one of my band members. Somehow it happened though. The witnesses said I just stood there, looking possessed. The incident hit the headlines and my band's music became famous, not for the true meaning of the content of its messages, but because every conspiracy theorist and Satanist thought some hidden underlying message laid in there somewhere. They analyzed the lyrics, meant to be positive, as some hidden agenda for evil things. But it wasn't. My band's name was talked about all over the media. They were famous for all the reasons against my intentions. I became influential, but not for what I wanted. I received fan mail on death row from crazy kids and females that idolized serial killers not the kind of people I could have ever converted. When the guard initially took me to my cell after my sentencing, he looked back at me. His eyes turned black for the briefest second, and he winked.